Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to welcome you to the second show of National Poetry Month. Hope you are all out there busy writing and getting your poems a day written, for those of you who are doing that. It's pretty awesome. For those of you who are not, maybe you can pick up a poetry form and try uh, working on it during this month. Just challenge yourself poetically. Okay, and we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. I want to welcome you to the show. I want to give you the call-in number if you'd like to call in and read tonight. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. And I'm real excited to be here tonight. For those of you who have been listening over the last couple of weeks, I'll give you an, an update on my 23andMe saga. A lot of you have been seeing a lot of these stories in the media, uh, talking about people who have been taking these ancestral DNA tests. And uh, as you know, I was given one for a Christmas gift and found out that I had a long-lost brother out there that I had no clue I had. And uh, it was really cool this week. I got to meet David and his beautiful wife, Penny, and and Jocelyn and her husband, um, jo- oh, I forgot his name. Oh, there, I go off the Christmas list there. Starts with a J. I know that. I'm going to call him J for short, very lovingly. And then <laughs> Stephen. It was just, it was a great night. We got to meet everybody. And um, I cried because I'm a bit of a crier. Um, but it was really amazing and awesome. And so, you know, this is probably one of the happier stories that you've heard you know, I heard one the other day where they talked about some lady who found out her fertility doc- her parents' fertility doctor was her real father. That's kind of craziness. Um, but yeah, so that that's was this. I met them last week, and it was very cool and uh, pretty awesome. So that was inspiring for me. Interested in what inspired you guys this last week. So if you have any cool stories that you want to share when you come on, let me know. I have some quick announcements to do before we get started tonight. I want to remind you, if you've not checked out our Worldwide Poetry Project Rock That Poem, you can do so by going to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. Really fun, creative, and awesome way to get poetry out there in the hands of the world. Uh, Rock, paper, scissors, glue, you're done, good to go. So make sure that you check that out. Next, if you're interested in putting on a workshop with us, you can uh, probably shooting me a message on Facebook is the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me, Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, Nyla dot Alicia. Alrighty. Shoot me a message, let me know what you have in mind, and we'll get something put together. These shows can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, and we can pre-record. We can do them live or do a combination of both. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on with us. The whole concept is that we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. All right? So, you know, just find, figure out something that you're passionate about, you want to talk about, whether it's poetry verse, a poem, a poet, an era of poetry, a form of poetry, uh, it doesn't matter. Just um, 
you know, let me know, and we'll get that set up and get it going. And really looking forward to those that we have coming up already. All right, so I also want to thank our sponsors. Take a quick minute to do that. Um, we have Roy Murdoch, James, um, One Sapien, Fuzzy Herman in the Woods, and Star Severon, our sponsors this year. Really appreciate you guys um, stepping up to the plate there and helping us keep on with our three-hour license this year. So thank you very much, all of you, um, all of you who support the show, both readers, listeners, and our sponsors, because it's uh, an amazing thing you, thing you guys have built here. So since the beginning of a couple years ago, I've been giving out writing exercises at the beginning of every show, okay? And the whole point of a writing exercise is to get sweaty, to get messy. You know, you you put on your sweats and you go out there and you pump some iron. You're not trying to look gorgeous, all right, except for those girls on the spandex. You guys, you really need to quit that up. Anyway, so exercises are meant to just go out and flex your muscles. Maybe do something you normally wouldn't do. Push yourself in a direction you normally wouldn't push. Run that extra lap with that sentence or, you know, whatever it is. All right. So this month, being National Poetry Month, I'm doing everything backwards. This entire month I'm giving you short story writing prompts and exercises. Not prompts, but exercises. And here's why. Okay. During National Poetry Month, you get with hit all these, you know, write a poem about, write a poem about, write a poem a month or a day, right? You know, you get all these, these poetry prompts just slammed at you. What I'm doing is giving you short story prompts because I believe that writers are writers. And anything that we do, whether we write, if we can write poetry, we can write short stories. Maybe we're better at one than the other. You know, but it doesn't matter. I really believe that practicing your short story writing makes you a much more powerful writer overall, makes you a much more powerful poet because you're able to take on some of the things that you normally use, which are usually a lot more descriptive in detail because we were, I mean, you can say a lot more with a short story than you can with a poem unless you write epic poetry, okay? So, but the things that you elaborate on, the, the way that you write about things is different. You write them differently in both, okay? And one will feed the other, both ways, actually. You know, so it's a really important thing to do, to hone your craft, to do something you normally wouldn't do. And that's why we're doing it for National Poetry Month, is I'm giving you these short story writing prompts, which in turn are going to help you be better poets. At least that's my belief. So the one that I'm going to do this this week is we're going to talk about things that help you create eventful plots. Now, this is important whether you're writing, and I wish I, I tried to find it before the show because I was going to read one of my poems to you about um, a leopard, actually, that was just this weird, weird thing I heard, and I didn't know if it was true or not, so I Googled it, and I ended up writing this poem about it, but the plot in it is pretty awesome. And it would be a perfect example of what I'm talking about when creating an eventful plot. Um, and I, but I couldn't find it because it's on my old computer. Anyway, so even when you're writing a poem, you want to, you you have to go from point A to to point Z. All right, you have to go from a start to a beginning, and then you have to be able to do well the stuff that comes in between. Okay, but a plot is going from point A from from you know A to Z. You want to make sure that it's engaging. You want to make sure that the things that you're saying, whether it's a story or a poem, 
keeps people's interest the entire way through, that it doesn't come on strong and peter out in the middle or, you know, just drop like a brick at the end. You want to make sure that it has those things that keep people engaged, that surprise them. You know, people read. You would be amazed at the amount of of things that our eyes actually read all day long. You know, you, it, it would blow your mind if you knew the number of things that as we go through our course of the day we read. So very seldom do we read something that surprises us. I want you to write in ways that surprise people. Okay? That's what's going to set you apart from all the other things that they read all day long and don't even realize they're reading because they're all the same. I want you to write things that surprise people. That's why these exercises are important. That's why I, I give these to you. Okay. So creating an eventful plot. So in your story, in your short story, I want you to write a scene in which a prophet comes to a village and shares a premonition that throws like all the townspeople into this turmoil. I want you to describe how the main character decides to set about resolving the situation. Okay, so write a scene where some spooky prophet comes in and says, ooh, this is going to happen, and everyone goes, ah, and then the main character comes up and says, aha, this is what's going to happen to resolve this terrible premonition that's going to be happening. Okay. The reason is is that it's like a catalyst for your story. Um, it's inciting an event that's, that sets things into motion. It creates tension. And whether it be between characters or within one character, you want it to, you want that, you want that, you want it to create tension in your characters that begs a resolution. Okay, so whether it's the whole town or one person in the town or however you want that, it's something that just, it's that passion that pushes them to fix it. Okay, so I want you to, uh, you know, figure out what that tension is going to be in that scenario. I'm actually going to give you two of them. All right, and the second one is I want you to write a scene uh, where two old friends are having a fight that threatens their friendship and threatens to dissolve it for good. And this is the big one. So two friends um, get in a fight. Uh, it could be a fight over a clash of values or personal betrayal or, you know, you you know, borrowed my new scarf, you heartless bitch, whatever it is. All right. I want you to, um, as you're writing about this, this, writing out this scene about two friends having their, their friendship threatened by this, whatever it is, I want you towards the end to show that there's like a glimmer of hope that they'll reconcile. Okay, but it's like, you know, it can be like a dam bursting. All Everything that was built up between them all these years just comes out in this, you know. So have fun writing the same. But towards the end, I want there to be like a glimmer of hope that they'll reconcile. The reason is, is conflict, whether internal, whether it's internal or between characters, is the lifeblood of a great plot. You know, it's what gets inside your gut. It's, it's what pushes the story forward, Okay. If, if everything's easy and straightforward for your characters, the stakes are low, and the reader will, you know, they, they aren't invested emotionally into the outcome of the plot. The more intense you can make that, the more engaging that you can make that, the more urgent you can make that, you know, you're much more apt, whether it be a short story or a poem, to provoke that emotional response, that quickening of breath, that, that heartbeat that raises the you know, sudden shudder of being afraid, whatever it is, it provokes that actual physical emotional response from the reader. And we've all read things that do that. So, you know, that's kind of what these things help you do is create something that's engaging, okay? 
So that is your exercise for the week. I hope you can have some fun with that. Next month we'll go back to the poetry prompts, but this week, this month, this is what we're doing. Now, the prompt that was exercise. The prompt that I'm going to give you, and the prompt is different than the exercise. The prompt is actually designed to provoke a poem from you. It is a seed planter. If you, if it takes root and grows into something awesome, if it doesn't, wait for next week, and we'll give you another one. All right. But the prompt I want to give you for this week is bridges in ruins. Okay, that can be the title, it can be the concept of the piece, it can be a line in it, it can be all three, it doesn't matter. But the prompt is Bridges in Ruins. Okay, all right, so that's your prompt. Now, we always start and end every episode with an audio track. Oh, wait a minute, I wanted to go back to um, to talking about the exercise real quick. I totally spaced that off. One of the people that I'm going to be talking to about doing a workshop with is, is Written in Pain. And a lot of you guys know him as this incredible, amazing poet, right? I don't think that what a lot of you know is that he is one of the most sensational storytellers um, that I've come across in a long time. And he has this incredible piece about lions, a story he wrote about lions. And I'm hoping I can talk him into doing a show where at the beginning of the show he actually reads this short story for us because it is amazing. But then I want to talk to him about how short story writing affects writing poetry, and poetry affects writing when you write short stories, what the relationship between the two is, which is kind of what I'm trying to get across this month. So I'm hoping that I can get a hold of him and get that set up, because I think it would be a lot of fun. And he's probably one of the most um, talented people I know at doing that, being able to... Um, write something that is so engaging. And, and he, you can tell that in his poetry, too, whether it's a short story or a poem. They both have that. They both have those claws that reach off the page or reach out of the voice and grab a hold of you and don't let you go until it's done. And uh, so that's an incredible thing to be able to do. So I'm hoping I can talk him into coming on and just kind of you know, sharing how that process works for him. Okay, so... Uh, maybe any of you that are listening tonight that know him, I don't, I'm not sure if he's here tonight or not, but uh, can kind of help put that bug in his ear for me because I'm really hoping he will do that. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, so now back to the recordings. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and would like to have your piece uploaded into the show's library, you can send those to me at the, the word that is in there, you guys, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Cafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put in the subject line audio track, MP3 files, something along those lines so that it stands out for me in the emails, and we'll get those uploaded to the show. It'll be awesome. Be able to play you for the world. All right, so the piece that I picked out to play tonight is by actually two of my favorite contemporary poets, um, very well-known spoken word artists, Sarah Kay and Phil Kays. All right, and this is a great duet piece that they do that call that's called When Love Arrives. You can find both of those Google them, um, Sarah K K A Y and Phil K K E Y or K A Y E S. All right, and uh, you know check out their the stuff they have, especially on YouTube. It's pretty incredible. But this piece is called When Love Arrives. Here we go. I knew exactly what love looked like in seventh grade. Even though I hadn't met love yet, if love had wandered into my homeroom, I would have recognized him at first glance. Love wore a hemp necklace 
I would have recognized her at first glance. Love wore a tight French braid. Love played acoustic guitar and knew all my favorite Beatles songs. Love wasn't afraid to ride the bus with me. And, and I, I knew, knew I just must be checking the wrong classroom. Just must be searching the wrong hallway. She was there. I was sure of it. If only I could find him. But, but when, when love, love finally showed, showed up, she had a bowl cut. He wore the same clothes every day for a week. Love hated the bus. Love didn't know anything about the Beatles. Instead, Instead every time I tried to kiss love, our, our teeth, teeth got in the way. Love became the reason I lied to my parents. I'm going to Ben's house. Love had terrible rhythm on the dance floor, but made sure we never missed a slow song. Love waited by the phone because she knew if her father picked up, it would be... Hello. <sighs> Hello. Oh, my God. I guess they hung up. And love grew. Love stretched like a trampoline. Love changed. Love disappeared slowly like baby teeth, losing parts of me I thought I needed. Love Vanished like an amateur magician. Everyone could see the trap door but me. Like a flat tire. There were other places I had planned on going. But, but my, my plans, plans didn't, didn't matter. matter. Love stayed away for years. And when love finally reappeared, I, I barely, barely recognized, recognized her. Him. Love smelled different now. Had darker eyes. A broader back. Love came with freckles I didn't recognize. New birthmarks, a softer voice. Now there were new sleeping patterns. New favorite books. Love had songs that reminded him of... Someone else. Songs love didn't like to listen to. So, so did, did I. I. But we found a park bench that fit us perfectly. We found jokes that make us laugh. And now love makes me fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. But love will probably finish most of them for a midnight snack. Love looks great in lingerie, but still likes to wear her retainer. Love is a terrible driver, but a great navigator. Love knows where she's going. It just might take her two hours longer than she planned. Love is messier now. Not as simple. Love uses the word boobs in front of my parents. Love chews too loudly. Love leaves the cap off the toothpaste. Love uses smiley faces in her text messages. And turns out, love, love shits. <laughs> but love also cries. And love will tell you you are beautiful. And mean it. Over and over again. You are beautiful. When you just wake up. You are beautiful. When you've just been crying. You are beautiful. When you don't want to hear it. You are beautiful. When you don't believe it. You are beautiful. When nobody else will tell you. You are beautiful. Love still thinks. You are beautiful. But love is not perfect. And will sometimes forget. When you need to hear it most. You are are beautiful. Do not forget this. Love is not who you were expecting. Love is not what you can predict. Maybe love is in New York City, already asleep. You are in California, India, Australia, wide awake. Maybe love is always in the wrong time zone. Maybe love is not ready for you. Maybe you are not ready for love. Maybe love just isn't the marrying type. Maybe the next time you see love is 20 years after the divorce. Love looks older now, but just as beautiful as you remember. Maybe love is only there for one month. Maybe love is there for every firework, every birthday party, every hospital visit. Maybe love stays. Maybe love can't. Maybe, Maybe love, love shouldn't. shouldn't. Love arrives exactly when love is supposed to. And love leaves exactly when love must. When love arrives, say, Welcome. Make, Make yourself, yourself comfortable. comfortable. If love leaves... Ask her to leave the door open behind her. Turn off the music. Listen to the quiet whisper. 
Thank, Thank you, you for stopping by. That was Sarah Kay and Phil Kay's When Love Has or When Love Arrives. You can check them out on YouTube, Google them, they're all over everywhere. Both of them just incredible artists. All right, once again, guys, if you are on hold tonight, this is what you can expect. First of all, if you want to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. We do take callers in order that you call in, such as area code 540 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please introduce yourself. That's really important. You want people to know who is reading as well as having your name attached to your work. All righty. And everyone here today may know who you are, but six months down the road, someone listening, the archives may not. So, you know, you never want to send your work out there without your name on it. Make sure you introduce yourself. The next thing is, let me take a look at the phone lines right now. Um, we are going to do, we've got a lot of callers calling in tonight, so we're going to just be doing one poem, all right? If you want to read two tonight, once you're done reading, hang up and dial right back in, or press one, all right, and that takes you out of the lineup, then press one again, and it'll put you back in the lineup so that you can read your second piece. But we've got, uh, I don't want to keep everyone waiting too long, we've got quite quite full lines tonight. Um, so we're going to be doing one poem. All right, and keep it right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. All righty. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. That people that way people can come over and visit with you, get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read again next week. And then please remember that we are a mature-rated show. That means you're bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. All righty. So let's go ahead and take our first caller. Our first caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Uh, This is Philip Church down in uh, Virginia. Hey, Philip. How are you, sweetheart? How are you doing? I'm doing real good. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Now I, I want you to know I want you to know something that you were when I was I met my family, um and my brother and my uh I don't know if you are in the chat room, but in the chat room, um my niece Rosalind that I met this week, um, that I didn't even know existed until a little while ago. Um when we met this week for the first time ever and they were. She was talking to the show because she's been coming and listening to the show every week. You're one of the poets that she brought up, so just oh. wanted to share that with you. Oh, well, fantastic! Uh, thank you very much, Rosalind. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It is. It's very awesome, and uh, yeah. that gives me kind of another good segue. Uh, I want to read. Uh, it's a poem about my great great grandfather, and my dad wanted me to to read it. And um, I uh, I wrote his biography, uh, my great great grandfather's, and I actually wrote a novel about what this poem's about. So uh, you know, down here in the in the Appalachians, you know, kinfolk is is everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a, a poem called. Well, my uh, first of all, my great great grandfather's name was Devil John Wright. And he was a uh, a very infamous 
uh, law man uh, here in the Appalachians in the the late 19th and early 20th century. So this is called The Legend of Devil John. It was back in 1844 that he was born deep in the mountains of Kentucky's Elkhorn. Growing up hard, he was long and lean. He learned to be fair, and he learned to be mean. He went to war just to have some fun. He was fast with the ladies and fast with a gun. Being an outlaw was hard to understand, but he answered the call and became a lawman. He kept the grapes of wrath growing upon the vine. He was the law of the hills and the lonesome pine. For over a hundred years, his legend lives on. He was a sum of all fears named Devil John. Now, he had a friendship no one understood at all with the Cumberland Terror named Bad Todd Hall. While bringing others to justice with talk, he never flinched. And though, like brothers, he couldn't help it when talk was lynched. Though, as a murderous outlaw, Bad Talk was renowned, John buried his badge with him in the dark and bloody ground. His years of burning to be a lawman were no longer fired. Having no more yearning, Devil John had simply retired. And at the century's turn, a new terror gripped the land. Good people were being killed by the Ku Klux Klan. They'd been better off calling wrath from above when they murdered a woman Devil John loved. Though now an old southern warrior, and that's a fact, with his colts and a new badge, Devil John was back. Masked with hoods, the night riders reigned terror just for fun, but old Devil John was going to see mountain justice done. Well, Devil John formed a posse from old friends and kin, and they built a wooden gauntlet on a road to box the clan in. The man waited in ambush, and some were filled with fright when the rogue riders with torches passed by them that night. For the outlaws to tear down the trap was too much of a load. When they backtracked, Devil John's men had blocked the road. The clan raised their guns. It was the only escape they'd wish. But John and his men shot him dead like a barrel full of fish. Devil John went back into retirement. He was growing old. The old feud was forgotten when coal turned to black gold. Wherever he laid his head, old John would slumber, spending his days clearing land and selling the lumber. When writers asked him about his life, he was rarely rude. He spun yarns about antebellum strife and living by the feud. Finally, in the winter of 1931, the old man passed on, leaving the mountain legend of a lawman called Devil John. And that's it. I don't know if I ever told you this before, but a lot of your pieces remind me of a old song writer, country singer, storyteller, one of my favorite people in the world, someone I got to meet um, when I was in Wyoming, lived in Wyoming was Chris Ledoux, and I don't know if you know who that is, but he was a storyteller in song form, and your the way that you write reminds me a lot of him, or him of you, or, you know, just the the amazing, you create an entire landscape that is, like, phenomenal, in which you paint the rest of your tale on. You know, it's just oh, incredible. You. You're you're welcome. You're very welcome. I loved it. Oh, well, great. I, I appreciate it. And I'm going to get on off here and give some other folks a chance. But before I go, like I said, I, I wrote a novel about this. And 
I wrote this man's biography, and then I have several poetry books. Just look me up on Amazon, Philip Kent Church, Philip with one L, K-E-N-T Church, and you'll see all of them. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job. And if you want to come back tonight and read a second one, just press 1. I'll put you on mute. Um, I won't disconnect your line. Just press 1 and press 1 again. Okay? I got it. All righty. We'll talk at you later. <laughs> All right, huh? <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Nala. Bye-bye. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead and press 1 if you want to jump out of queue and 1 again if you want to jump back in. All right, so I'm going to give the next caller so you can kind of know where you are in the lineup. I forgot to do that before I brought Philip on. Um, we have 859 next, then we have 734, 989, and 240, then 216 after that. We've got some more waiting in line with us as far as I'm going to give it. So don't jump on and off because you'll lose your place in line. All right. Next caller, once again, comes from area code 859. 859, you're on the air. NYLA. Hey, Philip. How you doing, sweetheart? I am well. It's been a while. I'm glad you're still here and, uh, you know, making a platform for all these wonderful poets. <laughs> Where else would I be? Oh, this well. This is the best place in the world to be on Thursdays. Oh, well, I have missed you, and thank you for allowing me to come back. So. Oh, my pleasure. You know that. I'm your groupie. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> as long as you have a backstage pass. <laughs> um, I will be uh, quick and get out of your hair so all of these other wonderful poets can have their chance on the mic. Uh, this is Philip Matthew Roberts. You're welcome to find me on Facebook. I'm always happy to meet new writers, scribblers, novelists, poets, artists, musicians, etc. So here we go. <clears throat> The title of this piece, Sundry Meters Collected After Several Years Between Stanzas. And here we go. Words easily drift away, winged little things, housing etymologies, cogging within, keeping them gently aloft and swift, tossing palmfuls of prayers, Observe how wondrously motionless cloud splendor billowed sails at a distance picturesque. Postcards sent from across town as if hiding out in foreign countries. Border patrols anywhere barbed wire appears and especially each place that looks inviting spies upon oneself. Weekly reports submitted to the superego, taking brief respite between wars, best described as ceaseless. Hair entangled deep into the centuries where our first mothers menstruated with the moon for a companion, contrasted against all those lovers who offered only meager flesh. Born with the demeanor of a marble sculpture, I've managed to have not reproduced this mortal equipment, chiseled from insouciance, lasts for less time than a cliched cigarette. And there it is. 
you know, I have to say this, and I don't know how you do it. We've talked about your, we've talked about your ability to write very descriptive pieces, but every time I listen, you know, I'll sit there and I'll start listening, and you're reading, and I'm listening really close. And something that just really hit me hard was how you have the ability, Philip, to you you look at each one of your pieces as an individual. You know, I do. It's like each one has your absolute total focus, what you're writing about. There is no, you know, industrial production line, you know, um, this the same poem rehand dipped into different metaphors. You don't reuse imagery. I try not to. <laughs> you know, it's and and so it really I think that may be trying not to maybe one of the things that pushes you to, you know, really work on finding those strong images. Because each piece is like absolutely handcrafted. It's not like any other piece. It doesn't use the same pictures. You don't you know, it's not like you don't say the word tempest over and over and over again or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that, and that's uh, very insightful. Somebody who's, I guess, uh, engrossed themselves in quite a bit of my work because I do go out of my way to at least have each piece stand on its own and be as unique as possible, and um, mm-hmm. I do really appreciate that uh, very much, Nyla. Oh. You are very welcome, sir. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I look forward to hearing the next poets. <laughs> Well, do me a favor before you take off, my love. Tell everyone, mm-hmm. everyone how to find you again. Oh, yeah, happily. Uh, I'm the gentleman with uh, three first names, essentially, Philip Matthew Roberts. Uh, you're welcome to find me on Facebook. Um, I share my poems twice or three times a week, depending. It varies. Uh, and I'm always looking for, for new writers. And uh, that's Philip Matthew Roberts. Find me on Facebook, and uh, there it is, short and sweet. You know, every time you say that, you know, the man with three first names, it always makes me kind of smile because one of the things that um, my mom always told me was to watch out for guys who ha- whose eyes slant downwards, who have that downward slant to the corner, and watch out for guys with two first names. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, well, then, what would she say about Philip? <laughs> Stay away from him. He's dangerous. Bring that one home to me. <laughs> Philip, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. If you want to read again, just go ahead and press one and then press one again, all righty? Okay, happily do so. Cheers. <laughs> thank you, dear. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, this is Dennis White from Michigan. <laughs> hey, Dennis, how are you, love? I'm doing wonderful. It's a great week. It's uh, National Poetry Month. Uh, you know, it's like our, our birthday all month long or Christmas for poets. <laughs> I don't know. So what have, <laughs> you, what have you done or what have you found really inspirational this month? What, because everybody goes out of their way. It's kind of like Valentine's Day. You know, I, I'm not a big lover of Valentine's Day because it's like bring me a dandelion out of the front yard every day, then a dozen roses on the one day you have to. You know, it's the little things you do all year long. Don't do something nice just because someone's telling you to do something nice. Do something yeah. nice when you don't expect it, and that means more. So it's the same thing yeah, National Poetry Month is. We all go out of our way to be inspiring that one month of the year, you know, and I really push everyone to do that all the time. But still, it's awesome to see everybody just jumping up and doing all kinds of crazy fun things. So I have to ask you, 
what you've seen or what you've done or what has happened this month so far? What was the most inspiring thing that prompted a poem from you? Well, uh, April is always special for me. For the last four years, I've put together a poetry reading for the community. And uh, we have up to like 19 readers. And uh, we just open the doors and let everybody in and just share our hearts out of poetry. (laughs) But to me, National Poetry Month is just the kickoff for National Poetry Year. It just starts in April, and it goes all year long. (laughs) So that's, that's what my attitude is. It's not just one month. That's just the year we we kick it off and start all over again. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like the one the one month that non-creative people gave the creative people so that they can feel cool too or something. I don't know. We get a chance to share with people that might not otherwise be reading poetry. They yeah. they may not experience poetry. It's our chance to introduce them and share poetry with them and so that they might uh, gain an appreciation for poetry themselves. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day, and she said that National Poetry Month is the one month of the year that she can stand up in the middle of a crowded room and proudly proclaim, I am a poet and not being seen as a nerd. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard when she said yes. that. I told her, I said, you know, that you have to write a spoken word piece. That has to be the title. You know, you have to write a spoken word piece about that because it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, that would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dennis, my darling, darling, darling Dennis, that's your new name, tell me what you brought tonight and why you brought it. Uh, all right, well, I'm glad you uh, spoke about your uh, experience with the DNA test earlier. A lot of people are doing that. It's becoming very popular, and there are a lot of new things that we learn because of those tests. Some things uh, we expect, other things are surprises. You had a wonderful surprise being reunited uh, with, with a sibling, and, and that's great. And other people get surprises too. Well, my poem this evening is about my experience with DNA results, and uh, uh, that's what I would like to share with you. Awesome, uh, okay. Title, All right, the title is My DNA Test Results. Once secure in oral histories from grandparents and my kin, was I to trust the family story of where my forefathers have been? Was I ready for this test? How else could I have known where my ancestral genes came from, lest by DNA test shown? Now, Right there in black and white, it stands so plain to see the ingredients of the recipe that makes up my family tree. Eastern European line with its English, Irish, Scot was what I had expected. Never gave a second thought. Then the line shifted eastward to what I never knew. It said that from Eastern Europe, I was an Ashkenazi Jew. I impulsively now look for bargains. I've never noticed that before. And a taste for locks and bagels I'm unable to ignore. 
a fever in the springtime. Oh, how my eyelids droop. May need some penicillin or perhaps some chicken soup. May have to rethink my meals. Oh, how will matzah go with pork? With Passover, Easter, nearly the same time, what do I put on my fork? Will this affect my writing when I write each new poem? Will I have to end it with a true heartfelt shalom? I might be overreacting on revealed DNA descent of being an Ashkenazi Jew since I'm only 5%. Uh, shalom. End of poem. You know, it's it's really funny. There's you're talking about you know all the things that now that you found out about your DNA results. You know, should I be doing? It, it's really funny because it, when when it boils down to it, and there's so I mean, it's just this is like the biggest craze going on right now. Everybody's doing these DNA tests. Ooh, it's really fun. You know, I found out some really cool things about my ancestry that I didn't know because my dad was adopted, um, and not adopted, but not raised by his, his real dad, and have you know had all this hard time finding his side of the family, and uh, you know so it kind of it really helped me learn something about some things about his side of the family that I absolutely didn't know, um, you know, and it and broke down to you know like I'm related to the to uh, this Viking lady grave thing, whoever that Viking they dug up and found out that it was they thought it was a man, but it was really a woman. Um, that really famous Viking grave they found, you know, that I'm related to her, you know, the first documented shield maiden. And, you know, ever since that's happened, people, well, they're, you know, they're, that's why you're so adventurous and so tough and, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, now I know it's because that, you know, two million years ago, <laughs> that's why, you know, you don't know how much all of that stuff plays in it, but there's a romance in it. There's a, a coolness in it. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, who you were, before you got the results, it's still who you are now, you know. Thank so, you. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of funny. Your poem made me laugh. You know, am I supposed to be doing all these things now? Should I, you know, go dye my hair red and and eat raw meat? And should my teeth be glowing in the dark now? I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, your mind runs away with with uh, possibilities. <laughs> but you know, I found out it was more Irish than I thought I was. So that's why I'm such a meat and potato girl, right? Mm, yes, sure. Oh, how fun your poem was I absolutely loved it, Dennis Well, thank you very much It was fun to write and fun to speculate And I I wrote it without the With the intent of not to offend anybody But to share some humor So if I offended anybody, I apologize That wasn't my intentions All right I think you were fine All right Well, you, you can find me at uh, allpoetry.com, I write under the name of Haiku Bless You. I also will be on the World Poetry Open Mic uh, radio show on Fridays. But uh, well, another one of my favorite uh, radio shows is this one. And I thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. And uh, 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 once again, you uh, you deserve a lot of a lot of praise and and thanks for for providing this platform and I'd like to chip in and and and, and share my uh, gratitude to you. 
Well, thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. The community you guys have built, the community that's grown here, and I say you guys including you because, you know, you're a relatively new reader to our family, but you're a very important one. I mean, you um, you know, your whole group of, of people who came over the, around the same time, a lot of you are close friends and have just really, really made a place for yourself at the table that just can't be filled by anything else now but you guys. And, and uh, you know, just appreciate you so much, Dennis. You're a great talent, and I've really been enjoying a lot getting to know you. Well, thank you. That that's, That is definitely mutual. But, but I'll give you a heads up. If Stanley Phillips is on the show tonight, Mm-hmm. It's his birthday. It's his birthday today, so I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> oh, yes, I get to sing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you for you telling me. I'll, ste- I'll step aside uh, away from the mic and let the next poet step up, and I'll say God bless. <laughs> you as well, Dennis. Thank you so much, sweetheart. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code... Nine eight nine nine eight nine. You are on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is George Wiley. Hey, George. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing really well. Um, it is uh, very good to hear from Dennis, you tonight. Well, thank you. You asked Dennis uh, if uh, anything uh, was was blooming in his uh, month or week, and I had uh, the pleasure or the honor of uh, having a poem posted on this thing they call the Garden of poetry and prose and this week and it's fun and you know I'm intimidated but pleased so uh, that is very cool well it was for me you know I'm you should put the link for it on my page so you know it's kind of like a bulletin board my pages for everybody so Uh, yeah you should throw the link up to it on my page okay I'll be glad to do that that would be awesome congratulations on that Okay. The poem I have um, is one that I read, that I think was the first poem I ever read in front of people. And it's uh, about a year, uh, that was just over a year ago. Um, And um, so I'm just going to read it again because its anniversary is now. And it's probably when I get done reading it, I'll realize, well, I shouldn't have, I should have fixed that up some. But here it's, it was moving to a new town, which I just did two years ago, and it's called New Town, New Walks. I had to tread lightly where the nervous dogs lie sleeping, where the garbage is spilled onto the walkway, where the guy who grows great dahlias lives, where the parents loudly curse their kids. Just moved here and wanted to know where the people who wave are and where they turn away. You find that poorer streets have more shade trees, and the kids are allowed to play outside, allowed to play alone in puddles of dirt, where the bicycles are hand-me-downs, tossed on their sides without guilt. I seem to sense when people are out of town, but have disguised their houses to look inhabited, and when all the windows in the house are closed and blinded, against what must be perceived as a cruel world but which, for the optimistic me, isn't all that cruel. Should I knock at their door and with a big grin explain it to them? No. Valuing, valuing my life, I hurried on. An older, nicely dressed woman with maybe a German accent spoke to me once as I happened by and surprised her while she picked 
trash from an acrid dumpster. Startled, she wiped her hands with a clean towel and tried vainly to explain. I don't have much, you know. The people over there are usually mean to me. She pointed at a house. Well, good luck, I said, my words more empty than hers. The most heroic thing I could summon was to stop and glare directly at that house. I had to know how distant, distant the train is to activate the clanging bell and abort my steps, and standing there returned me to my childhood practice of counting rail cars. I also learned that on foggy mornings, when walking by the river, pardon me, a freighter's horn can almost sell your clothing. And where rivers and train tracks prevail, the streets are indecisive and disjointed. And where they stripped off all the trees to make redundant new houses. I learned where the best surviving front porches are and where the hydrangeas and hibiscus grow. Could I judge a homeowner by their gardening skills, judge a man by his truck, a kid by his T-shirt or lowered pants? Can I judge parenting quality by the morning bacon smells from a house? Or could I judge a town by its new stores or its boarded-up stores? May I judge a home where an ancient oak was spelled to make room for a trampoline? But I am the one walking by. I am the observer. No one asked me to stroll by. So a better question might be, are they judging me? Hoping not, I hurried on. The walks in my new town, especially at morning, are my textbook, my footing. Some homes have personality, as do streets and trees, and even a few people. The slowness of walking lets me focus and deduce. While on my bike, it is a bit too fast. And rushing along in my car, I am hopelessly sterilized and unknowing. For me, it is to walk and put my feet where my mouth is, even if they are often in it. In a summer whose heat and humidity is unforgiving, my walks are freshening my old man's senses. My town is coming alive step by step, block by block, week by week, as if I'm watching a black and white movie slowly being colorized and enlarged. The best walk is a wander with no goals in view. The best view is yonder, not simply a step or two. Go where your nose and eyes take you like kids do. Go for a walk like dogs do. In the poem. I want a bumper sticker that says that. Take a walk like dogs do. Yes. Well, they do. They know exactly how to take a walk, dogs do. You ever watch them? Mm-hmm. Just ab- yeah, or the best odd. walk is a wander. That would make a great bumper sticker. <laughs> well, I think it, uh, it is true, too. If, you time, if, you're, if you're too much in a hurry, you might as well be in a car and not see anything except up cars, you know. What I love most about that piece is because it explains so very well you to a T. Because one of the oh. things that I have always noticed about your writing is that you look at everything like a question. And mm-hmm. and everything that you look at, you find five or six different answers. You don't just settle for the first one. You like poking life with a stick. You like, you know, rolling it over. You like, you know, seeing seeing how it reacts to different things. 
you know, that is so evident in the way that you write that, it, you know, it it, it kind of makes me smile because I know that's how you walk through life. You can't write that way without being that kind of a person. I think that's absolutely true. And it's a mm-hmm. compliment, too. Very much so. Uh, yes, well, I uh, I have some other poems along this line, and I've just begun writing about one of my some of my favorite things, including uh, flowers and birds uh, and children. But uh, everybody's written about children. So, well, I think everybody's written about all those things. But um, there's a I spend a lot of time staring at bird feeders and such and growing flowers. And so, um, uh, and, you know, at least I don't want to walk too much around them or I'll trample them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this because I'm curious and I have to know. How many times mm-hmm. in life did you get yelled at, in trouble for, scolded over, or an exasperated sigh because of you wandering off? and someone turning around to look for you and you're not there? Quite a lot. Quite a lot, actually. But there's always, you know, I still do. I mean, I can't, I, can't, I go down a major highway, and, they, and uh, luckily my wife uh, um, is, is similar and understands this. Uh, see an interesting road, you just take it. You, see, you do. Your road, who cares? You, I love you. Take you. It. <laughs> and I'm so glad your <laughs> wife is the kind of person that lets you do that oh, because well, it is very exasperating being with somebody that doesn't get it that doesn't let you wander or meander or whatever. I could not tell you how many times in life uh, totally unrelated, people unknown to each other have threatened to get me a kitty leash. (laughs) As recently as a couple weeks ago. (laughs) My my mother threatened to put turn signals on my shoulders. So I knew I was... (laughs) Yeah, but they would look like emergency flashers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And I, I, I just ascribed it, ascribed it to uh, ADHD or something. But it's you know it's really fun to be older and have ADHD or whatever they call it because everybody expects it of you. See, so you can just dally off somewhere and verbally or in words or vocally, and they go, oh, that's eccentric guy. You know, he's got he's earned the right to do that. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be amazing old people, aren't we? I hope that we end up oh, in the same beige hallway together. <laughs> with gray waste baskets and the smell of urine. I know that hallway. Oh, wouldn't that be that's okay, that's my writing challenge for you for the National Poetry Month. I want you to write a poem about who you want to end your days with in that beige hallway and why. If you yeah, could, if you that. could, if you could construct the perfect beige hallway to end your last days in, that we, you know, we all end up in that that wonderful place of recall. You know, who do you, who do you want to share that hallway with you? I think you would have okay. a lot of fun with that. I'll try to do that. I just wrote it down as my assignment. <laughs> awesome. All right, sweetheart, do me okay. a favor and tell everyone how to find you again. Yeah, I uh, only have uh, the Facebook page, which is. Uh, George Wiley writes, and uh, that's you know, and I, I post to other sites, but I don't run them or anything. And of course, I uh, like to call into this one and also the Friday night uh, open mics. Thank you very much. You're welcome, George, and we'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Thank you. Okay. All right, you guys. Our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give our next three callers. We have two four zero two one six and five seven three. Alrighty, so two four zero, you are on the air. 
Good evening, Nala. This is Joe the Verbal Montez. How are you doing this evening? Hey, Joe. I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I see you in the chat room there. I'm glad you were able to get in. Very few oh, yeah, can yeah. nowadays. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know, enjoying the weather. we got nice weather today, so spring is in the air for sure. You know, I just got some friends. They sent me some pictures from the 4th. I think it was the 4th or the 8th, something like that in Colorado, and they had like two feet of snow, and I was so jealous because I was out there pulling dandelions out of my lawn. It's like oh. I would rather have two feet of snow. I don't want these dandelions. I don't want daffodils. Who wants daffodils? <laughs> I need, need to I need to like house swap with somebody. You know, I need to find a really yeah. good friend and just have that you know, so I can be there in snowy season and they can be here in warm season. Matter of fact, I was taking pictures of dandelions this morning. Were you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, tell me what you brought, honey. Tell me what's going on with you and and how National Poetry Month is treating you. What do you want to share tonight? Well, actually, I'm sharing number 11 of 30 for National Poetry Month. I've been uh, sticking with it. Uh, you know, I've yet to do number 12, but it's already written. I just haven't published it yet. But uh, I'm, I'm keeping up with my 30-30 this year. Awesome. And I'm trying to go haiku-free this year, so... <laughs> ooh, ooh, I like it. I like a man who pushes himself out of the box once in a while. <laughs> That's so sexy, definitely. you guys. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to do this piece for y'all. I know you got lines out there, and I've been loving everybody. This is called Keepsakes. So here we go Keepsakes. What will you grab when the bombs fall around you? Did you have it in your hand when they eventually found you? Charred remains holding on to memories, blood-stained remnants stuck to your extremities. What can you say for an apocalyptic lifestyle? No power, no water, no more use for a cell tower. A molten locket found from a first love is no more relevant than the past you're thinking of. The world as you knew it no longer exists. I mean, it's still here, but... Survival has risk. The consumption of anything will render you sick. So why grab something that won't gain you shit? What skills do you have to forge on through the future? There are no more store windows for you to look through. Twisted metal and twisted minds. Twisted bodies and babies crying. There are no leaders, just survivors. Has your heredity been burned in the fire? No more posse or crews to cling to. Everything in life now falls all on you. What are you looking for on the floor of shattered buildings? You want it more. Now your world has no ceiling. The end of comfort is so revealing. Nothing you've owned can bring you healing. Leave your keepsakes in the rubble. It was easy to berate from your bubble. Now that it's bursted. From a world you're now cursed in, it's time to live now. No time to rehearse it. It's my piece. That was beautiful. I absolutely loved that the entire thing all the way through. Thank you, Nala. Appreciate that. So what was going on? What were you doing when that poem, what was it that inspired that poem? 
You're, you're walking along, and all of a sudden, bam, where'd it come from? Well, actually, uh, you know, I was out on my deck, and uh, there's a, a dove that's nesting right there. And I was uh, taking a picture of the dove and uh, tuned to the news again, like I said, glued to the news. And, uh, you know, I hear about they getting in a bomb Syria and all this sort of thing. So I was mm-hmm. wondering, you know, people retaliate these days, and what would we do? You know what I mean? When the bombs fall, what are we going to do? What are we going to hold? You know, what are, yeah. You know? I guess so the, the message was, was very profound. And, yeah, it was really kind of weird because I had this dream last night. I fell asleep on the floor, and it was raining. I was in my family room, and I fell asleep on the floor and watching TV. I was watching a movie. And it was raining so hard when I woke up, it sounded like it was hitting, the waves were sitting, hitting the side of the house. And it made me think about, well, you know, what if the river overflowed? What if all of a sudden, you know, the house was flooded and going to get carried away? What would I grab? What would I take? What would those mementos be? And so when you started reading that, that put me in, right? It's kind of weird that that dream was last night, and then you read that, and that put me in that place. And so it, it made everything very tangible throughout that entire piece. Um, I appreciate just, that. Thank it, it was great. It was a great read. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. You are very, very welcome. All right. So do me a favor, darling. Tell everyone how they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook under Joe Perry. And uh, that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. And I'm getting ready to, uh, you know, try to make it to the National Poetry Fest this year down at uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Reports from all over the world be uh, coming down there to share their crafts, share their gifts and books and do dads and swag and all that good stuff. So uh, if y'all can make it, come on down from uh, June 3rd to the 6th, I believe. That'd be awesome. If you have any information on that, you're welcome to post that on my page for everybody, okay? Absolutely. Awesome. And then I've got a writing prompt I want to give you. Sure. Because when we first started the show, I talked about dandelions. I think this is like the third time dandelions and then they were talking about birds and taking pictures and all that. I want you to write a poem about dandelions. Oh, absolutely. Not a problem. In fact, I want you to write two poems about dandelions that are completely different poems this month during National Poetry Month. You so your it. poem will be Dandelion 1 and Dandelion 2. You got it. Absolutely. So take the exact same title, the exact same, yeah, the exact same title and write two completely different poems with that as a, as a topic. I am on that. Thank you. You are just so awesome. I adore you. Just in case you're wanting to wonder. (laughs) Great job tonight, Joe. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Great. All right, hon. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, you guys. So I just want to let you know real quick. We have some callers in the lineup that have not pressed one yet. Nobody touched. Get your fingers away from those buttons. I haven't even said anything, and I saw your fingers going to those buttons. All right. If I call your number, it means you have not pressed 1. And if you want to come on the air and read, then you need to press 1 because it will put you in the lineup. All right? So area code 2, or excuse me, the area code 318-903-720-734-989. 
So if you guys want to come on tonight, press 1. That will put you in the lineup. Otherwise, if you're just here listening, I appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying the show. I'm going to read those numbers again once more. We have 720-734-989. If you three now want to come on, um, just press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. If you change your mind, you can press 1 at any time. Uh, otherwise, glad you're here, glad you're listening to the show, and welcome. All right, let's go ahead and get back to our next callers. Our next caller, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next three so you know where you are. We have area code 216, 573, and 219. All right, so 216, you are on the air. <coughs> Mama, are you there? Yes. Hey, Mama, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. got a little bit of a... But I'm hanging in there. Um, National Poetry Month. This is really damn fun. I really enjoyed Joe's piece. And you got to stop hating dandelions because they cure cancer. I and love so dandelions. Dandelions are so like one of the most flowers. important flowers of my life. Okay, well, act like it. Come on, you hate them coming and you want to see the snow. What kind of craziness? <laughs> they, they can live in the snow. They can live in the snow. No, no I don't can't. want dandelions and daffodils. No, it was the daffodils I said I didn't want. I said when I realized yeah, there was I snow, I was out pulling dandelions. Well, you pull them up and, and, and dry them out and use them for uh, tea and also the red clover. Okay. Because the herbs that grow close to you are put there for a reason. Now you guys know why we call her Mama. Because she okay. takes care of us. Here goes the piece I had written yesterday, but I edited it. Did it, did it, did it, did it. <laughs> <laughs> She's so cute. It's called The One Uppers. The ones that always one up you. Not easy to talk to. They always want your ear, but will not lend you theirs. Want your undivided attention, yet they will quickly replace your experience with one of their own. One upping is all they know. Can I say black without them saying, blacker, may I be sick? Without them saying, sicker, it's okay if your pain hurts more than mine. But if I show you a bump on my behind, you just must one-up that and show me the rash on your ass. I know we all have friends like this, at least one or two. If I try to share with them anything that requires focusing on me, all I get from them is, been there, done that. Before the words leave my mouth, they jump right in and one-ups you every time. I jumped out of a burning car. They did too, but only one better. They landed in a lake of fire. 
Now, this last one takes the cake. They were one upping another friend as I overheard the telling of the tale. Now using a story that had happened to me to one up another friend. Tisk, tisk, but the liar. What kind of people it is? I give, I give, oh well. How long must I tolerate these spoilers? Only time will tell. In peace. You know, that was a great poem, but there's this poem that I wrote. <laughs> oh, no, I am not listening. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom, I had to. <laughs> Happy birthday, Stan. Okay. 
All right. Hey, tell everyone how to find you. Oh, you can find me uh, Poetry Soup under Vicky Aqua. Uh, that's the best place because I got a lot of stuff over there. I think you can find me on Facebook, uh, Vicky Aqua. <laughs> I love it when you laugh. All right, Mama, great job tonight, honey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye, night. I'm going to be chuckling about that all night long now. All right, our next caller comes from area code 573. 573, you're on the air. Good evening, Nada. It's Sinister. Hey, <coughs> Sin, how you doing, love? Uh, out of my, my favorite Sin. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> Now, it's funny you talking about Poetry Month and not doing prompts. I, I will ne- never do 30 poems in 30 days. It's fucking nuts. I think it's stupid. Uh, poetry is all the time. You know, all these, but we get things months. They're all the time. Months, weeks. You know, everything you should be always aware of. Anyway, what you love, you do. Uh, but I, short stories, I, my wife pulled out my first poetry book that my grandmother gave me when I was 12 years old. And I've got like four short stories in there. And I'm trying to decipher between my cursive and imbecile handwriting, but I hope to have a couple out, or at least one out this month. Kind of revisit it and stash it up. I know most of them by, a couple of them I can remember almost clearly, just like my first uh, screenplay. So it should be interesting. I'm all with you on the short stories. I just thought it would be really fun. You know, I and I think that as writers we should explore all kinds of fun writing. You know, we should play with words. We wouldn't shouldn't just, you know, we don't like it when the world labels us, so we shouldn't label or limit ourselves with our own labels. You know, so I I like pushing people to do things they wouldn't normally do because that just broadens their or broadens their palette of tools they can use when they do write. I guess. That's why I do my little word challenges. I just had one out and gotten good response and a, a lot of uh, really nice rights out of it. People are, I love it when they jump on board. I do it mainly for myself, but I give it out to see who uh, who's willing to do it and read some interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Just Did there. you hear the uh, the prompt that I gave out at the beginning of the show? I did, but I can't recall what I did five minutes ago. So. <laughs> Bridges and Ruins. That would be a fun one for you to write to. I think you'd have fun with that title, Bridges and Ruins. Oh, yeah. That was a, yeah. I, I think I might just do something with that one. That's a good I one, had huh? A, I had a vision when I, when I read it, or when you read that out. And, uh, Bridges and Ruins. But anyway, I got a poem for you that I wrote off a challenge for BPC, and I missed being able to tag the admin that wrote it, but the... the prompt was the equinox, a yin and yang of oneself, and uh, it caught my eye, so I wrote to it, and I'm going to read that for you tonight. That is called Hemispheres. Spring breathes life in a tulip's blossom amidst the equinox. At time, dueling hemispheres are found bring juxtaposition. Pseudo yin and yang drawn in the cerebral differential of my third eye, licking bonfire rhythms, dancing fodder under clear nights. Shot through the galaxy like falling stars burning neon bright. This is no ailment, nothing prescribed to bask in retro sunlight. Casual of my demeanor, wondering how I harbor devils inside. Crashing headstrong, hippie mojo, barefoot, ready for intellectual bites. A fizz pop 
reverberation of pronounced in the chill of grounded might. I revel in the am- abandon of flamingo hysteria, drinking moonshine, dashingly debonair in my blue portal's magical, she can't deny. We dance in our embrace through the night in jealous air, a flare of unease from the dark shadows of my black infamy, raging fires upon this second projection of halves exposed, the tyrant unleashed, hidden in the flesh, boiling now, tearing out. True example of a psycho rears his head against the calm, swinging iron fist, grabbing throats to seize my breath. Not horn this apparition, yet play snake eyes, Russian roulette. Free now, he's alive in gentub hysteria and gambling wiles. I'm lost sight in an eye, his wild persona attracting things of the night. Sedating quells, the monster is lighting me, promotes growth. Suffocating at the threshold, we shuffle a power trip outside our hemispheres. Through the chuckle and hide, its might is nothing compared to my yin. Always saying alert of the monster I hold with dueling personas, a desolate yang gives in to a triumphant yin. End peace. That was filled with so much damn good imagery there, boy. That was phenomenal. You even have the chat room. I don't know if you're in the chat room or not, but you even have the chat room quoting you. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I appreciate it. No, I I can never get in the damn thing. Uh, (laughs) I gave up. Mom's calling you sinister. Uh, Woot, woot. uh, I I gave up trying to get in there. I'll do it again. I know. It's such a pain in the butt. I mean, everyone's more people can get through, so I leave it open. I I can't type anything, so it's like, what's the point, you know? I fly under the radar. Anyway, let's get... That was a fantastic piece. You did a great job on that one. I really, really liked it, hon. Thank you. I'm always pushing to try to keep it fresh and new and alive. See, I get stuck on, on like, uh, Philip there, I get stuck on certain words, and they'll stay with me for several poems, and then I'll lose them and find a new word, and I like to... Some things just tickle my fancy enough that i got to keep them around. <laughs> Amused with many names. Yep. We all know that one. Okay. All right, hon, do me a favor. Tell everyone what's going on with you and how they can find you. Uh, Sinister Spittle, S-P-I-T-A-L. You can find me everywhere and nowhere. Google that shit. we got a show going on. Sinister Spittle Productions is putting on a show this Saturday night, one that I have... Uh, Pushed off a couple times, and it's it's just about dealing with uh, loss and grief and uh, honoring those that we did love and lose through whatever means uh, it happened. So that'll be this Saturday night on Talk Shoe at 9 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And uh, check me out on YouTube. I got a YouTube channel up. Nothing nothing fantastic yet. I'm just playing with it, but uh, I encourage comments and Critic, critic, anything, you know. Just give me something, people. So that's about it. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, hon, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. All, All right, right. Then thanks hope. so much. Great job tonight. Thank you. Bye, babe. All right, our next three callers, I'm going to go ahead and give that line up. We've got 219 832 and 419. All right, so 219, you're on the air. Hey, how are you doing, Brother O? I'm doing, doing really good. 
I'm doing really good. Just just uh, join the show so far, and every everybody everybody is uh, doing pretty good. I'm like the flow and things like that. It's been a great night tonight. A lot of great pieces being read. Mm-hmm. So, what do you have for us, my dear? I have a poem called Human Beings Often Overlook and Forget About You, But God Never Does. My dear brothers and sisters, we're listening live to the Speakeasy Cafe. There was once a time in my life when I was often overlooked and forgotten about. I vividly remember being either very angry or very sad. Those times were quite painful. I even questioned why I was put on this planet. I felt that no one even noticed me at all, just forgotten about altogether. I was that brother who was under the radar, the brother who was the last pick on the team, and the brother who was isolated from society. These experiences led me to believe that I was discriminated against because of my race, skin, complexion, disability. Let me to believe that I was the lowest figure on the totem pole. Let me to believe that success was both improbable and impossible for me. Let me to believe that I was mediocre. And I even thought that I was nobody. Those days were rough as hell. My dear brothers and sisters, there are several of you on this call who are reading, who are listening to this right now, who can relate to exactly what it is like to be overlooked and forgotten about. Maybe you're dealing with a serious challenge right now. Maybe you had some family members and so-called friends turn their backs on you when you needed their assistance. Maybe you were unceremonious junk for another man or woman. Maybe you were questioning why you are now appreciated and recognized your hard work, dedication, and occupation that this guy passed up for a promotion. Maybe you are that brother that sits under the radar. Maybe you are struggling with feelings of inadequacy or tempted by the need to compare yourself to those who are more blessed than you are. Now, here's the mini Bible, Bible study lesson that is good prescription for you to remind you that you serve a greater purpose here on earth. My dear brothers and sisters, there was a character in the Bible who was completely overlooked and forgotten about by his own family. Sounds familiar to some of you, doesn't it? After Samuel mourned for King Saul, God asked him, how long are you going to mourn for Saul, seeing that I rejected him from reigning over Israel? God instructed Samuel to fill his horn with oil and go over to Jesse's house, where he had already chosen the king from, from amongst his eight sons. Jesse presented his first seven sons before Samuel, Every single one that was not chosen by God the future king of Israel. And the prophet Samuel asked Jesse, are these all your sons? Jesse responded, my youngest son is watching over the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, go and send for him, for we will not sit down until he comes forth. After Jesse brings his youngest son, the Lord said unto Samuel, arise and anoint him. 
for he is my choice to rule as the next king of Israel. And Samuel anointed his young brother and this his father and brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now this same young brother watched over his father's sheep and eventually became one of the most powerful kings ever to rule the nation of Israel considered one of the greatest warriors in recorded history. It's here in the Bible who I just described was King David. My dear brothers and sisters, nobody likes to be overlooked or forgotten. You may attempt it now and try to play it off like it doesn't matter what people think about us. And just because others don't see your potential, just because others don't notice you, just because others overlook and forget about you because yeah, just because you're under the radar, just because others can't recognize your gifts and talents, don't ever give up on your dreams and ignore the myopic visions and expectations of of people because God's vision supersedes them. More or less in his poem, human beings will often overlook you. Human beings often forget about you, but God sees all your great works on earth and sent. You're one of his chosen children who will never overlook or forget about you and Paul. That was incredible. You know, you always have such a clear and concise message that you bring to the table. And, you know, it's the conviction you write, you know, the the self you have in your presentation of your piece is just amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. So do me a favor, my darling. Tell everyone how they can find you. I can see it found on Facebook under the name Omar Brother O'Gavin. That's how, okay. that's how you can find me. Very cool. All right, hun, fantastic job. I'm fighting with my board for the moment, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I hope you will be back next week. I'll be back next week. Thank you. You're welcome. Great job. Thanks, hun. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring our next caller on, which is 832-832. You're on the air. 832, are you with me? All right, guys, I'm having some issues with my board right now. Um, I've, I'm going to play a track real quick. I want to give the line up so you guys know where you are. Um, and I'm going to see if I can get this to unmute. Um, we've got 832 832-419-504-256-832-903-318-989-734-720. And 919 again. So that's kind of where we are on the lineup. I'm going to play a track real quick. We're going to play uh, Casey uh, Rasho with Chesapeake Economy. I'm going to get this tech issue taken care of real quick and we'll get right back to you callers. One moment.
wants me to read to him like his mother doesn't. The screens rest their flat, pixeled eyes on him every morning. He is five and a fistful of rocks, light collapsing somewhere beyond his irises. We play with the globe in the basement. It asks him locations of oceans and countries. When he turns away to play basketball, the globe repeats, Can you find Africa? Can you find Africa? Oh, baby, Jamestown. The war tin cups could have brought you down. But your eyes were fellow in all the red meadows. This is what it's come to. These suburbs from Powhatan's factions. All these houses are identical siblings and their cars the telltale birthmarks. This house cluttered with televisions and cleanliness, the cupboard of perfume, a bathroom for every bed in a three-story duplicate mini-mance. My brother's hands are never empty. They penciled his birthday into their checkbooks. I used to sleep on a plastic-wrapped couch when I would visit my biological father in Roxbury Projects when he still lived with his mother. Tonight, he's probably filling the gas tank of his Escalade and thinking about the significance of A Dutch ship accidentally landed at Jamestown and traded 20 negars with the English for supplies. The first Africans paying the ultimate cover charge to get into the world's best nightclub. The man half responsible for my birth calls me white girl. He is a black Republican who owns things for a living. His wife, Annie, won't let her 18-year-old son drive her Jaguar through the hood because Baltimore's murder rate is too high, but she owns property there, and someone's got to manage it. One time I watched her yell, Hood rat! Get out trash! at a tenant from her throne in the Escalade like she wasn't embarrassed by her real hair, like she didn't used to throw down in Dorchester. become two weeks worth of leftovers if we were in Maryland when the Caribbean woman who works for housekeeping knocks. Annie flung her index finger in the direction of what wasn't vacuumed the day before, offers the woman nothing but orders. That December they spent $1,600 renting a tent for a Christmas party chiseled out of someone else's Bible pages. Montego Bay, Jamaica, my cousin's wedding, Sidewalk men flat-backed on cardboard over a hundred degrees outside. The taxi is air-conditioned. Downtown, the fruit markets are bruised. Overripe. July. Carrington says, These people look like they're getting ready to die. Can you find Africa? I spend the week drinking heavily, staring at an unfamiliar ocean or watching James Bond and wondering if I am guilty. Annie speaks in a Jafakan accent at Miss Ruth, our personal chef who lives on the resort full-time and tells the old woman, We're black. We like to eat. Oh, I guess you are too. We're African-American. 
tells her, We won't take you back to America and have you cook at me house. 300 years back, there were black slaveholders nestled in the pockets of the South. No one much likes to talk about it, but they kept property too. the Escalade bootstrap. He drives me to the airport while juggling two cell phones and pressing 80. Carrington is silent in the back seat, placated by the video screen hanging down. I want to ask about my grandfather, the one who was murdered for four dollars and some change. He was a successful man who drank too much. The scenery flies by and thins out. I am silent. Where the trees go Hey, where's the new world? All righty. And that was Casey Rousseau with Economy. We're going to go ahead and grab our next caller, 832. Are you with me? Hey, Ms. Nyla. Hey, how you doing, sweetheart? It's good to hear from you. Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, this piece is, uh, well, there's like two, I, I, I guess I should say I started with like two cycles of thought, one old uh, from uh, my ancestors back in the day, and then one new, basically, you know, present day. And the old was uh, is actually a, a thought from one of my uh, elders that I like. To, I love to listen to his uh, talks on YouTube. He's no longer with us, but the talks still are. His last name is Trudell. I can't say his first name out of respect for his wishes and his people's ways um but the thought is this uh he was uh, having an interview at one point and he was asked the question of, of if he remembered a uh, a comment that he had made about the uh, debt to the drunken indian and in specific when they're talking when he was talking about that he was talking about the the beginning of the reservation era uh circa 1890 and the thought was, in essence, you won't let me be who I am. I won't be who you want me to be. So I'm going to sit behind this liquid mask and be nothing. And they were the ones that many times that were the ones that managed to pass on a lot of the uh, patchwork that we now have as uh, uh, what we are able to piece back together in terms of culture and tradition. And also, this last week, I was just kind of thinking about the cadre of uh, spoken word folks that I used to run with in terms of uh, every Wednesday night. And for me, for about 10 years, we had a, we had a cool spot uh, down in the, uh, the uh, basically the creative side of town before they decided to uh, beautify and 
we I mean we were all kinds of people, man. I mean nobody was uh was, you know, from any one given background. There were street poets, beat poets, there were people who were just one step from being on the curb. Everybody was there. And um I just got to thinking about it in terms of, you know, structures of uh you know, what could be considered like I guess um uh, intellectual uh published uh poetry and stuff. And, you know, where we actually came from, because I, you know, I myself, I, I, I basically taught myself. I, I no one, no one uh, showed me what to do. And I mean, and, and over the time, a lot of people have said, well, you know, why don't you just tone it down a little bit? Why don't you try to do something like a Sistina or a Quatrain? It's like, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> now, nothing against people who enjoy those kind of things. But, you know, that's just not where I'm from. And that's a lot of where the people I ran with were from. We just, you know, we got out there and we just did it. We didn't, we didn't stop to ask questions. We just, we just rolled with it. So this is, uh, this, like I say, this is basically coming from those kind of two schools of thought, old, old and new. And it's called We Do Not Write Pretty. Late night rides, courses, curses. Invocations, we burn with gas-siphoned syllables. We spray the signal fires of sonnet sunsets as we make use of our drive-by musings of articulation, unfolded and strewn in sweeping gestures of flame, away, as if diamond dust shaken, loosed from our beggar's bundles, wadashton wabakte, on higo, we leave the fables we find upon the riven barren fields as just so much fodder for journey miles. Oh, yes, soil over which you labor in rote forms of quatrain. The only sheen we recognize there are the sacred, clean-blowing winds from the four quarters, Dredze. Guilt-edged palisades be damned. Our Trojan horses slick rustic with blood tang of ancient copper suffusing molten flavors face upon our tongues. Who are we? We are the street poets, the beat poets, ragged wanderers in skeins of patched velvet, nicked patterns of overuse upon the steel we suffer to use that defy any definition. We are the prose sonic con artists, the imagistic graffiti writers that spew virulent day-glow stains upon the walls of your tidy minds. We do not write pretty. We make cut diamond faces from mosaic broken glass, using heavy concrete innuendo as our chosen topography. It is an aggregate you cannot break nor master. Fires belch raucous flames, spade samo, leaving us with scars of such corroded muse. Morph, the art of becoming. We are the ugly map. This searing sojourn upon which we have long ago embarked through a wasteland you have pigeonholed as junkyard. To us, they are sweet havens of unwritten sorrow and sacrifice. We place ourselves upon the altar of our art. We spit gristle and bone, kiki ni wa 
understanding as we do oft enough in a welter of blood, the plasma sweat thereof shining in our eyes. We are the ones you shy away from with a snarl of disgust because you don't see our worth, recognize our offerings for what they are. We are who we are. We won't be who you want us to be. And still, we are incandescent in the darkness. Mouth on the microphone. What you gonna do? Dagonska Shabe. We are multi-ethnic. Blood of no blood. Blood of everyone. You purest bastards! We are singular in our focus. We live the mantra we espouse. A thousand voices, a thousand throats, wherever we may be. Teshka, you cannot steal what you cannot see. Wethe, that which is the heart of me. Thonze, our ranks are growing. We are become the many. We are not connected, but we are the same because we are different. Oh, yes. We are not like you. We despise any attempt at simulation. We curse those who follow the common herd spoor, the smooth beneficence you demand. So it is, and we rebel at such insistence. We are nobody's pet dissidents. We will smear you with the clay shite of our day-glow resonance. Waseda inse. The shamanic phonics we naturally fall into since have made it ours, morphing terminology to fit us like new clothes. At origin, that word does not belong here. It was brought here. The roots are not of our coherency of spirit, nonke, as even defiled, mauled by denigrations. We are still red earth. Jude Moninga Mongon. Our roots are deep. We are become the many. Our ranks are swelling. We are spoken word artists with our own set of rules. Spoken word is not just one set, and slam does not cover all of our spoken words. We remain true to who we are. In spite of your assimilative mechanical pressures, we are the ghost road born, and we are always walking our way home. Nonke ujonge uekni. End peace. You know, I really wish you'd tone it down a bit. <laughs> well, you know, I'm like, I'm like, in that case, I'm like Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. I'm a fly my freak flag high. You don't like it. Oops, oh well. You know, it just, <laughs> I, I love that, you know, it's like we wish you wouldn't, the people who say that, it's just, it goes back to the exact same thing I say all the time, that um, truth is written in the tongue of the common man. All right. History, history, you know, should not be left to those, to be, to be written by those who have something to gain, uh, profit, hide, or, you know, who have something to gain in its telling. Um, 
but it's, it's the diaries, it's the letters and addicts. Those are, that's the common man's tongue. That's the reality of what times and lives were like. And there's a reason that when someone is planning an invasion or a conquest or a coup or anything like that, the very first thing they do, like in the olden days, you know, back during, you know, the nights and all that, the very first thing they would do is they would send out spies and they would kill and replace the bards. If you could, the greatest act of conquest is to silence somebody, to steal their voice. The greatest act of conquest is to steal someone's voice. You know, so they would cut off those communication lines. And, you know, it's, it's to me, when someone says that, you know, I wish you'd tone it down a bit. You need to be quiet. You know, that's just another way of trying to silence something that needs to be said, you know by people who don't like the telling of it because they, you know, it, it threatens, it's threatening to them. The only people who would say that are threatened by what they're hearing. So great piece. Do me a favor, love. Tell everyone how to find you, Blue. Sure. Uh, find me on uh, Facebook at Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue Blue, and that's me. And, uh, Fantastic uh, read tonight. You have some great comments in the uh, uh, chat room, by the way. <laughs> I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I, um, well, yeah, just as I mean, it's a side, sidewise swipe, I guess. But um, I just uh, went did went and did one of my favorite things, and I just wanted to tell you about it, mostly because you know when I getting back and and basically reading in front of some kind of an audience, because uh, I trust me, I miss being on the mic. I miss it like I don't even know how to say it. But if there's just you know that. Just not that uh it's just not that free free atmosphere that we had been uh when, like I say when I was running with the cadre of uh, folks that I used to run but anyway um i uh, being you know, back in uh, in on a roll and uh, and up on uh and with the platform with you guys and then uh you know the the grace of you miss Nyla and all of those who support you in your efforts. Uh, I just, you know, went out and did what I, something that I haven't done in a long time and I really needed to. And that was, I did what I would call one of my fishing trips. And what that is for me is I go out to like a bookstore and I'll, uh, go just roaming up and down the aisles of uh, fantasy and science fiction and I'll pull words from titles and, uh, you know, I'll pull a word from this title, pull a word from that title. If they make a, a decent image, then I'll write it down as a starter image. If it doesn't, then I'll rhyme the words that I, that I started with into other words until I find one that I like, and then I'll put that one down. And I basically came out of the, that fishing trip uh, the other day with like 38 starter images. <laughs> I love that. What an and that's see that's such a creative idea. It's a way that you know that's just awesome. I am so glad that you shared that because that is absolutely freaking awesome. You know, I really do not believe in writer's block. Writer's block really does not exist. It's um, a disabling crutch, I think, invented by non-writers to shut well, us up. It's a, but, let's put it this know, way. So it's one of those things that if you believe in it, then, yeah, you've got it. But if you if – you, if you, because, I mean, for me, I always – you know, the first two or three minutes, I'm always writing cold until everything gets mm-hmm. stirred up. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's inspiration all around us. There's things, you know, if you can't think of a title for a poem, then go do something silly. You know, go do, go to the, yeah. go fishing. You know, like Soldier Blue just talked about, go fishing. 
You know, go just go play with words. Make messy with them. Have fun with them. Never let them become something you dread. You know, never yeah. let them become something that causes pressure in your brain. Oh, my God, I have to write a poem. Oh, my God, I have to write a poem. <laughs> you know, no, no. You play with them. You tickle them. You let them punch you. You thumb wrestle with them. You have fun with them. You know, you make well, it something where it's just, it's, you know, play hopscotch. I don't care. Just, Yeah. So I'm so glad you yeah. shared that example, Soldier Blue. Sure, sure. And, and one of the, and just uh, one more thing before I skip out because I know other people want to do their thing too. Um, but uh, do you remember? Uh, and he was because he was a painter on uh, on, uh, on PBS. He's a Bob Ross. You remember Bob Ross? Yes, Bob Ross. I've been watching okay. so much Bravo. Well, Happy little tree. Oh, I loved. Well, what I loved about him was was his attitude and his his uh, his uh, his. Uh, uh, perception of how he approached his art, and that was simply that if he saw something in his in his painting that he was doing at the moment, and it wasn't exactly what he wanted, you know what? That was a happy accident, and he just created off of that rather than trying to fix it. Yeah, because there was no point in trying the to whole fix thing. it. Exactly, it would have screwed everything up. So it's like, you know what? The hell with that. Take the happy accident, and work and work with that. Expand on it in the direction that it's going. And just move on. You know, and, I have and, to and admit this to you, but Bob Ross is my crack. I turn oh, that dude, on, and I can and I can sit awesome, there and watch man. that. I love it all you know, day long. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome, man. And you know, because in in a, in a writer's sense, you know, what I what I've learned, in, you know, in terms of you know myself, is just the fact that you know, there's lots of times when I'll make like maybe I'll hear half hear something somebody says, but it's something that sounds like a cool image when I hear it. And even if it's something that I've misheard, I'm gonna run with it. Mm-hmm. Be- because that's exactly. a cool thing. That's it. You know, it's a cool image. It doesn't matter if it's exactly what that person said. I agree. It's what I heard. <laughs> I agree. Great words of wisdom from you, Soldier Blue Blue. So, all right. I know there's not really two blues. I just like saying blue blue. Well, that, that was like a mistake that I could never figure out how to fix when I first got on Facebook. So just, it's nothing's ever a mistake. It. it was a happy accident. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My soldier blue, blue. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> so there you have it. All right, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for everything you shared right. tonight. It was fantastic. I appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, hon. We'll talk to you soon, babe. All right. All right. Just to remind you of the lineup again, we have four one nine five zero four two five six two. Excuse me, eight three two three one eight seven two zero nine one nine seven one four nine zero three. All right, that's where we're sitting right now. Let's go ahead and get four one nine on the air. Four one nine, are you with me? Yes, I am, Miss Nyla. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. I'm good. I was listening to your show tonight, and it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been a really fun show. Introduce yourself to everyone so they know. I'm Shelly Gambino. Um, you can find me on Facebook for Shelly Gambino. I'm just on there. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm, I'm soliciting right now. <laughs> excited I have to four uh, books. see what you brought. I have four books. I have four books, but I never, like, market them. And I just, I, I just kind of put that aside in my life right now, but... Uh, Throw the links up I, on my page. My page should be treated like the bulletin board in a coffee shop. It's the Speakeasy <laughs> Cafe's bulletin, public bulletin board. 
So you are more than welcome to pimp your books out on there, you guys, whatever you want to do. I don't care. That's what that space is for. It's part of our network. Nice. Uh, um, I have one that I don't have the title yet for, <laughs> so I'll just read it. I just did it today. <sighs> it says, what is your magic? What is it that you can do? Are you high up in the sky with your head so far stuck up that you cannot see my level? I am beneath you, below you. I am here, subhuman class, to your royal throne. If you insist, your tantalization with your ignoration is mind-numbingly surreal. Communication disarray, I want to speak, cannot make myself say. You have no idea of sorts, but your own imagination, which like mine may lead into deviation, far from any truth, which may besmirch you. I am the sun, you are the moon, the light that shines bright, you are the song, played way out of tune, and I march to my own. Two completely different worlds we live in and are a part of, but yet totally the same. What can you blame? My heart for speaking in truth, my mind for thinking of you. You are in my life for a reason, yet you choose to walk away. While I try to face my own demons, wishing thoughts of you away. Safely tucked inside of me, this is where I keep you, where my longing will always stay. As long as I loved you yesterday, I will still go on loving you today. End poem. <laughs> wow. That was phenomenal. I was trying to, anytime someone says, this doesn't have a title. I always try to think of a title. And and first of all, so you you came out talking about me, me, magic. So I'm thinking about, okay, something with a sleight of hand or, or smoke and mirrors. And, and then it's thinking, okay, no, she's talking about things not being quite what they're supposed to be and not really, you know, kind of like this game of game back and forth. And so, you know, a carnival midway, could it be something like that? And then, but then you get down to the end and I'm listening to it. And the more I'm listening to it, it's like the title should be something like this should be our song. Or I think that's the title I would put on that piece, you know, because by the end of it, you bring it all back around, you know, and you think about everything that's written in there is very lyrical. So I think that I, I think that I would title that "This Should Be Our Song." Nice, or my song, or or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I just kind of had a thought of it and then just ran with it, and that's what I came up with. So, <laughs> well, fantastic job on that. So, do me a favor, Thank my you. darling. Tell everyone how they can come over and show you some loves. <laughs> you can, um, if anyone wants to see some of my stuff, I do post a lot on Facebook, um, and that's Shelly Gambino, G A M B as in boy, I N O, um, Shelly S H E L L Y. And I'm on Facebook, so hit me up or start a chat with me, instant message me. I'll talk to you. Um, And that's cool. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Absolutely love it. And we will talk to you next week? Yes, for sure. Same time, same station. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you, babe. All right, Nyla. You have a great evening. Thank you. You too, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so we our lines still have quite a few callers. I want to make sure everyone gets on. We've got an hour left in the show. Um, I'm going to try to keep my comments to a minimum, all right, so that you guys can have, all have your turn on the air. I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 504. 504, you're on the air. You with me? Yes, ma'am. It's not. I'm here. Hey, you. How are you? 
I'm okay. I'm doing well. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. All right. Um, I'm King, I'm King the Poet. Um, <clears throat> you can find me on um, Instagram at kungfu.king, K-Y-Y-N-G. And um, where are you going? Huh? No. Um, and um, that's it. I mean, um, we we'll keep it short and simple. And tonight I'm going to read um, a poem called Pardon Por Mi Tardenza. Awesome. Okay, go ahead and start when you're ready. Okay. Um, it uh, stands for Sorry for My Lateness. <laughs> sorry for my lateness. I was lied to. Kept in a robotic slumber. Sorry for my lateness. But I'm here now, putting my mind to the test and using my heart to fill out the rest. Sorry for my lateness. I was mischievously misplaced by by premeditated, foul-minded agents. Sorry for my lateness. This was chess, not checkers the whole time. Now I play well and far from blind, but sorry for my lateness. Early on, I didn't practice patience doing things too fast and fucking up real slow. Use too much of my essence, only concerned about possessions. Again, I'm sorry for my lateness. But there were life lessons with new directions, with strategically put obstacles. Sorry for my lateness. My rudeness and my bluntness. Just being just honest consciousness. Sorry for my lateness. I didn't realize my soul was at stake, so I I was discovered and shook from my ease. Now I'm presently pleased, staying past woke. I'm with with 360 degree of consciousness, even though I love naps. But again, sorry for my lateness. Out the box, born outside the crowd, living within and standing in the present with you right now. Past my lateness and in the now, but excuse my lateness. It's just me now, the latest and greatest. In poem. I love the power of the repetitive imagery in that piece. You did a really great job putting that one together, love. Thank you. You're very welcome. Absolutely fantastic job. All right, do me a favor. Darling, and tell everyone how they can come over, get to know you and your work better, as they very well should, and uh, show you some love. Uh, like I said, um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's kungfu.king, K-Y-Y-N-G. Um, you also see it as King the Poet on um, SoundCloud. And uh, Amazon, I have uh, three poetry books. Um, and the level from 3005 is actually... Um, a bunch of love poems. Um, if you love love, love poems, um, that's on Amazon. I'm the King K Y Y N G Baptiste B A P T I S T E. Awesome! All right, fantastic job, sweetheart. And I uh, can't mm-hmm. wait to see what you bring back next week. Thank you so much. You're amazing. 
Thank you. See you next week. All right, honey. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Good evening to you, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Fine. This is Stan from Alabama. So are you ready, Stan? Yes, I am. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear, darling, wonderful, sweet, amazing Stan. Happy (laughs) birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And I don't I'm know how much of a gift that was, but that was for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to get you, Dennis. <laughs> uh, so what are you doing special for your birthday tonight? Actually, this. Because this is so this awesome, is one of isn't my it? favorite places to be. This is one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. Well, I am so better. glad you're here. I'm glad you're spending your birthday with us. Thank you. And a little birthday reality check here. I need no date to know. Another milestone reached at last. I have far less patience, teeth, and hair while passing far more gas. That's it. <laughs> that was not your whole poem. That was it. I decided to go with brevity. I don't even know what to say. How can I even say anything to that? (laughs) Besides, you're the coolest person in the world. I mean, really, truly. Well, thank you. That's really kind. (laughs) That is. That's very kind. Well, oh, so you, you don't you don't have another short one you want to share, do you? Oh, of course. Okay, of course. go ahead and share another one because that one was too short. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, here's another short one for you. I'm greedy. I need some more Stan. Okay, just a saying. Don't know if Darwin ever said, "I'll be a monkey's uncle," but had he? What sweet irony! Considering he believed in his long-past heredity, he had an uncle who was one. In peace. I love that. Oh, my God, that was awesome. You know, I've been hearing all these one lines tonight that would just make absolutely perfect bumper stickers, and I want a bumper sticker that says that. I wonder if Darwin ever said, I'll be a monkey's uncle. That would be cool. Wouldn't that be awesome to see that on people's cars? Oh, yes. That would be lovely. I would love that. You know, you should go on to one of these sites that let you, in fact, I could design the graphic of it for you, uh, of the graphics for it for you, and go on to one of those sites, and I can't remember the name of them, but they let you upload your graphics, and you put in tag words. So someone who's looking for something about Darwin, can, and they'll see that on there, and they say, oh, that's cool. So I want a coffee cup and a notebook and a bumper sticker and a mouse pad that says that, and you make money off of it. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I'll try and it. Got, I can't remember the name of it. I have got the bumper sticker for you. What is Are it? Are you ready? Nice, sweet, and simple. I lost my mind once. Damn thing found its way home. 
I hate it when that happens. I know. I know. <laughs> all right, sweetheart, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come over and show you, give you all of the birthday loves and kisses and all that and good stuff. Well, I'm on Facebook as Stanley Phillips. Uh, I'm also founder and administrator of the group Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. I'm an administrator and a member of Philip Kent Church's Outlaw of Poetry. You can find me at the Garden of Poetry and Prose, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. On Friday, you will find me at World Poetry Open Mic. And if all things go well, technically, I should be on Sinister Spittles Asylum this Saturday. Very cool. All right. So if you think about it, because Sin never remembers, if you think about it, throw the link to his show up on my page when it starts to happen, okay? So everyone will be reminded. Okay, so people will know. Yep, and you can throw all your links up there and things you want to have going on and your group and all that stuff too. I keep reminding everybody I need to do that more, but you know, kind of think about my page being the bulletin board, the community bulletin board in the coffee shop. You know, that way you can take advantage of the whole network here as well um, of people I have on my page to, you know, look at your books and your all that good stuff. Thank you. Shows and things. So. All right, and, and happy birthday, sincerely. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a great <laughs> birthday. It has. Has it? I'm glad. I'm really glad. And I still and want to talk the, to you about coming on and hosting with me one night for the whole show. I would be honored. I think it would be a lot of fun to have you. I know everybody would enjoy it. They really enjoyed it last time you were here with me. So, All right, dear. Give your link one more time. My... Uh, Facebook, Stanley Phillips, or yep. uh, the Garden of Poetry and Prose. Whichever one you want to get. Of course. Yeah. And uh, Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit, or Outlaw Poetry. Awesome. All right, Stan. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Have a piece of cake for me, okay? Because remember, life is simply a venue for frosting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and on to the next. Bye-bye, hon. Bye-bye. Absolutely adore that man. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Good evening. Amelia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas. Hello, Miss Amelia. It is so good to hear from you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Can I ask you a question? I have been trying to uh, get Soldier Blue's information, but he says the first part uh you know un- uh I'm unable to get it and so I you know for over a month I'm I'm sitting here trying to get his information and it's like soldier blue <laughs> and can you tell me what that what that first part is yeah it is Rafe R A F E Wild I'm sending sending R- you the link R- to his page R-A-F-E. now Rafe Wild. W-I-L-D? Yeah. Fabulous. Thank you so very much. <laughs> R-A, it's R-A-F-E-W-I-L-D-E, Rafe Wild. Great. And I, I just uh, emailed you the link. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate mm-hmm. that so much. Um, so uh, I 
I could only get away with doing this poem on your show. <laughs> and Uh-oh. so I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, um, you know, it's Poetry Month, and yesterday was uh, National Pet Day, and so I had to do an ode finally to my cat. So this piece is called Michael the Cat. Uh, His first name, Michael, middle name, the, last name, Cat. (laughs) Michael the Cat. His mother was the -the across-the-way people's cat. The day she went into heat, my son and I watched as her owner let the male stray cats of the complex have their way with her. My son was friends with the two female neighbors and used to play with their cat when visiting. One day they were evicted and left their cat behind. She kept coming to our apartment door crying to be allowed in. The apartment complex had strict rules about animals, so I called all the shelters begging for them to pick up this abandoned cat. Days turned into weeks and still no help. I asked my son to speak to the manager about this cat, thinking perhaps they would have more power with the shelters. They told him, keep the cat, no fees or charges, because they had called animal control a few weeks prior on another animal, and animal control didn't come for three days. So there we were, new parents of a female cat, He went and got all the items needed for a cat. On the third day with my new cat, I was petting her and realized she had been declawed. How could someone leave a cat behind that could not defend herself? Well, I also soon discovered that she was pregnant. Not only did they abandon a helpless cat, but a pregnant one as well. How heartless could someone be to just leave a creature behind with that kind of status? Well, she gave birth on May 30th, 2015. She had five kittens. One died during childbirth. Now, I had an apartment full of cats. It wasn't easy. The mother had become feral while living outside. She was teaching the kittens all kinds of bad behavior. Our church elder stepped up and took the mother and three kittens to the animal shelter. Michael, the second to last born and one of the smallest size, was very smart and much better behaved than the rest. I couldn't with good conscience allow Michael to go, given that their fate was unknown. So everyone left, and now it was just Michael and me. He never left my side, always touching me on my chest, laying on my side, and back in my lap. He always stays awake at night to guard me, laying on my feet. Whenever I wake up at night, he is right there, wanting pets and snuggles, reassuring me all is well. If I don't eat, he will stand in the kitchen crying until I fix myself something to eat. I once was almost raped by an ex-boyfriend, 
and he protected me by hissing and attacking the man. Michael loves to climb, always in a nearby tree, rocketing to the very top. A great hunter, yet I'm not thrilled with the dead birds and mice he finds outdoors. He loves to talk, not knowing he is a cat, and I don't understand cat. He has regular conversations with me, and I just sit there attempting to make cat sounds. He seems to accept my lack in the cat language. I didn't go looking for a cat, but I know well that God brought him into my life. We are well suited for each other, and I love him so. When I'm on the Internet radio doing my poetry, there is Michael by my side listening, not just to me, but all the other poets. Michael is truly a poetry cat, so it is only fitting to create this poem about him. He's a good cat who is brave and trustworthy. So to my dearest Michael the cat, I honor and esteem you for all you are, my God-given gift. Michael the cat, you are more than a pet. You are my protector, my companion, my bed buddy, my beloved, and my hero. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and Peace. Okay, so the poem was great, but I'm still stuck on trying to figure out why I'm the show you would come to to read a poem about your poetry cat. And what's going on with all the other shows that you read on to where a poem about your poetry cat would not be appropriate. I can't figure if this is a good thing or a bad thing or what the hell. No, yeah? It's because you love me more than anybody else. This is true. I do. (laughs) You know, when I was tagging people in the poem, I'm like, people are either going to chuckle at this poem or they're going to hate me for tagging them in a poem about a cat. (laughs) But either way, I was tickled. So I was just chuckling as I'm tagging folks in the poem. That's so funny. I thought it was cute. I liked it. Aw, I mean, But then again, you. I've got a cat named Quill, so what do you expect? Aw, well, Michael was named after the archangel Michael. So, um, yeah, um, but I love the name Quill. That's fabulous. <laughs> All right, my dear Amelia, love the poem. Tell everyone how they can come over and visit with you. You can find me on Facebook and Google under Amelia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, or you can visit me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People, or you can find me right here on Nyla's show every Thursday night. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Great job. You're welcome. Much love, darling. Continue successes. Thank you, sweetheart. And we'll talk to you next week, baby. Great poem. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I loved it. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Annie. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 218. 218, you're on the air. Hello? Mm-hmm. A 318. I'm sorry. 318. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry. Hi. Uh, 
Hey, this is Amber calling from Portland. Hi, Amber. You're over in my neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest, all rainy and spongy oh. and like living inside an oyster's mouth here. I thought you were in New here. York for some reason. We broadcast out of my studio here, which relays out of New York, which relays worldwide. Um, so, yeah, I am oh, a Pacific okay. Northwest girl, too. Cool. I didn't know. Um, well, let me I'll just go ahead and start reading. Well, wait, so wait, wait, wait. This, wait. this is your oh, first time calling in the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you have to tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and how you found us and all that good stuff before you just read. Well, um, I'm from Louisiana, and I live in Portland now. There's a guy in the chat, actually, that's also from Louisiana, which is interesting. Um, Cookie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Moon moon Cookie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found it just from doing an Internet search because I broke my leg, so I can't get out the house right now. So I just wanted to try to do an open mic spiel, even if it was online. Oh, that's awesome. So. Well, I'm so glad you're here. That's awesome. Yes, that's, a, that's a great story on how to find us. I'm not glad you broke your leg, but, you know, we are <laughs> the silver lining. <laughs> yeah, it was like, at least I can do that if I can't go to the, like, bookstore or whatever, wherever they have an open mic. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's well, I cannot wait to see what you brought for your debut, my dear. Okay. So this one is called Purple, Blue, and Gray. She looked at an array of people. They danced and spoke in unison in shades of purple, blue, and gray. Colors her mind came up with all on its own. Colors that don't exist in this human realm. They sing and they play, and then they collapse in their existence. Where did they go? They go into the realms of everyday life in their jobs where they scroll past the past on their tiny screens and remember the last weekend where they dance in purple, blue, and gray. They walk on the sidewalk, concrete below footstep and soles of shoes and skin of feet, and they don't even realize it, that their skin is made of the most precious of material, that their strands of hair are the very lines in her pen strokes on paper. That my eyes are the same ones they looked through this morning at their mothers and their fingers are the same ones that I used to carve my name into my own wretched arms that are too used to feeling themselves, bruised purple, blue, and gray. But continue they do on and on and on until those precious feet wear and their ankles break and their legs fracture and their knees give in. They can no longer walk, but on they go. Onto graves dug too deep to climb back out because what is the true tragedy, not death, but rather what comes after. They forgot that coming back from more always leads to less and being happy all the time only leads to feeling more of sadness than when you first knew that damned thing. And who is he, that dark creature? He who wallows in my bedroom at night. He who piles his dirty dishes beneath my ever-working to clean his filthy dishes' hands. He who follows me down alleyways and strokes my shoulder as I walk by. Sadness, that fucking creature. He came from hell to wrap me in his arms and cradle me until I fell asleep. Long enough to know I should not be there, no, not me. His hands carried me, though, and to the other side where I was set down and left to my own devices. And it was there I saw purple, blue, and gray. 
They danced with me in the shapes of humans and wrapped their arms around my waist and made me believe them for only a moment. But that moment was a great one. That moment was the one I had long awaited, the one moment shown to me in purple, blue, and gray. Because art is not simply what we do or what we say, what we write or what we paint, what we photograph or sing or dance to. It's life itself and art form from nature. It's opening your eyes in the morning and taking your first breath of conscious air. It's an old man puffing on a long cigarette at the end of the street at night. It's a baby's first cry from the womb. It's waking to a truth that every person in this world is a piece of art themselves. No one worth a penny more or less. It's sadness and peace and happiness all rolled into one big, long, short, short, long life that we live only once. Beauty, wholeness, belonging, and end to a means. And is that end poem? Yes. Absolutely incredible. What a beautiful, beautiful debut to the show that was. Thank you. (laughs) So let me ask you this. What are you doing special for Poetry Month? Anything? Um... Nothing really. I was just going to go do a bunch of open mics, but then I broke my leg, so <laughs> just right. So are there a lot of good ones in Portland? I have not been up that way for a while. Oh, yeah, there's this really good one uh, at this bookstore called Motherful Cult, mm-hmm. and I think it's every Friday night. It's pretty good. So you yeah, should look up. One. Uh, send me a message. I just sent you a friend's request on Facebook, okay? Oh, okay. I see you with the long, pretty dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> She's really cute, you guys. I have to tell you that. She's just absolutely freaking adorable, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so beauty Thank and you. talent. Um, but there's a lot of friends I know up there in the uh, the poetry community. And so I can send, since you're new to the area, I can give you a bunch of different links of places and, and people who you can befriend and watch what their events are that they have coming up to really be able to get plugged in up there. Cool. Thank you. You're very it. welcome. <laughs> oh, and if anybody wants to look me up, um, I think the best way is Instagram. And it's just Doze Amber, so D-A-U-Z-A-M-B-E-R is a good way, too. If not on Facebook, Facebook's good, too. (laughs) I'm putting your link into the chat room. And make sure, let me know that I've got the right one. Oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay, awesome. All right, so, yeah, I just put her link into the chat room for you guys as well. All right, you guys. it was really great hearing from you, by the way. I'm hoping that now that you've found your way here and you're connected with us through social media that you'll come back and because and, uh, now you're just a part of the family and and uh, we'd love to get to know you better through your work and, and all that good stuff. So I'm really hoping that you come back and, and share with us some more. All right. Thank you. Talk to you all later then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, son. All righty. I love new readers. Someone here out in the rainy country with me, too. That's awesome. All right. So, next caller. Area code 720. 720, you're on the air. How are you doing, man? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so, I guess um, the name of this one is called Frankenstein. I'm not the monster. What I am? 
I will be. Nine six gangly. I am he. Excuse me. I am confined to he that created me. I am ugly. There's no mystery why y'all should be afraid of me. My head was someone else's. The brain I used was the pride of oxygen. Where's the compassion for me? I do feel I wasn't always like this. I was created out of madness. Don't be afraid because I look like this. Even my creator was deranged. His mind was twisted. From the depths of darkness, there, the idea existed. I was put together from dead parts, a body that was lifeless, a soul that burns in hell, so hollow, a monster. I am nightmare's nightmare. Go call your exorcist. Say hell Mary or our father. Watch the demon get pissed. I am not evil, though. Yet y'all fears can't look past my outer appearance. Then again, let's flip what the nature of a monster really is. Y'all are human and act like savages. Y'all are the creator's greatest creation. Inside y'all inside, evil exists. Greed and pride consume y'all attention. So when seeing me, a monster, excuse me, so when seeing me scares y'all because a monster is who y'all really is. Perhaps I'm being too forward, maybe too realistic. But through my eyes, I see the torture, pitchforks, the rifles. I see the hatred because I'm different. I feel the pain because I know I would never be accepted. Where's the law, the organization, or the government that's supposed to have my interest? I am not the monster, but which one of y'all has tried to be my friend? Who stood with me when I was falling from within, got ostracized for being who I am? Frankenstein. I am not the monster. In peace. That was incredible. You know, I love it when I, I love literature that's based on literature. First of all, I love writing about writing. You know, I love like I'm working right now on a um, a play about Caliban, which was a character in Shakespeare's last play, The Tempest. But from his point of view, it's what happens after everyone leaves the island and they've got the island back to themselves again. Um, you know, I love it when when writing inspires you like that, and you're, you're able to take something that everybody knows and and is a very solid, concrete, tangible hold in your hand thing. You know, something that you can sink your teeth in, like in the literature where something already exists, and you can take that and you can build on it and expand on it and create from it. And, you know, it's like looking at something with a thousand eyes. You know, you've got Frankenstein. Well, you know, how many different ways, you know, what does that evoke? What does that make you think of? It's going to be something completely different than what I think of, you know, when I think of it. And so it's really interesting to me to see that what that provokes in people, the way those come come about. And I thought it was awesome. Appreciate it. Great writing, my dear. I'm glad you liked it. That. I did very much so. So do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you, my love. Uh, y'all know where it is. It's Facebook under the government name. J A H excuse me, J A H M A double L. I'm there for working on a few things, so uh, you still have to bear with me. But uh, that's where you can find me, right? So now I do appreciate the time and the light, though. You have a good evening. I appreciate you oh, so much. National. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead. And happy National Poetry Day. I didn't know that was it, but happy <laughs> National Poetry Day. You're very welcome. Happy. It's actually the whole month we get to celebrate. We get cake every day this month. Isn't that awesome? It, it is because I like pastries. 
I know. So this is just like, you know, a month of frosting. I love it. Poetry and frosting. How can you not like that? <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, baby. All right. Take care. Bye-bye, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Hey, good evening. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you, my dear? Doing great myself, doing great. Nice to hear your voice. It is good to hear yours. What did you bring us tonight, my dear? Tonight I'm going to bring you... Which one I had? Oh, I had one to bring you this one. I haven't done it in a while. Uh, it's called Beyond the Grave. The thought of my death is an insult to me. I am above this. This cannot be my fate. It is beneath me. I would remonstrate the indignity, divinity, does not become this. Rigor mortis and I should never be acquainted. The rigid fool, I am befuddled. It disturbs me that I should have an end. Mortality. I am above it. The grave cannot contain me. A sham, a farce, a temporary thing, and it shall pass. We are more than this. We are more than this. Granville John Hedrington in the house. Check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and any places, those places you can find me. That's it, Nyla. It's just one piece, right? Yeah, one piece tonight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's my piece there. All right, Granville, that was absolutely incredible, and I am so glad you were able to make it on tonight. Thank you, sweetheart. And thank you. You're welcome. Have a good night. You too, honey. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 903, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Eric. Hey, Eric. How are you? Uh, I guess I've been better. I'm in uh, transit right now. I quit my job, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I'm uh, jobless and Luckily, my grandma or my mom's letting me work uh, three three hours a day, and that's that pays for my room and board and my food too. So, well, that's good. But Sometimes we that, need a change, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm doing all right. I I haven't really written much. I did write three more rampage poems, <laughs> uh, but I'm actually gonna read. I don't know if I've read this one to you or not, but. Um, I did a little experiment on Facebook a while back, and I was writing uncouth love poems, and somehow my love poems turned into two different 
love poems. One's good, clean, fun love poems, and the others are uncouth. And, and the idea was to write uncouth ones, and I actually offended one woman <laughs> on Facebook, but it was very sexually explicit. So, and that's called I, I Love You More Than dot dot dot. But this was the kind of clean, this is the cleaner version of that. Um, but it takes a different toll, though. So, I would love you like dot 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 is the title. I would love you like a Christian loves, worships, prays to, and believes in God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. I would love you like a Jew loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Yahweh. I would love you like a Muslim loves, worships, prays believes in Allah and adheres to Prophet Muhammad. I would love you like a Sufi loves, worships, prays to, and, and believes in God. I would love you like a Hindu loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Krishna and other pantheons of gods and goddesses. I would love you like a Wiccan loves, worships, prays to, and believes in the triple goddess and other pantheons of gods and goddesses. I would love you like a pagan loves, worships, prays to, and believes in anthropomorphic nature pantheon of gods and goddesses. I would love you like a Taoist loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Lao Tzu, Chuang Tzu, and Lao Tzu as the three masters of Taoism. I would love you like a Buddhist loves and adheres to Siddhartha Gautama's teachings and quotes. I would love you like a Shinto loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Kami, especially Amarasi, Amarasu, Omakikam, countless other beings and deities. I would love you like a sheik loves, worships, prays to, and believes in God. I would love you like a Jain loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Tirthankaras, and Mahariva was the last one to appear. I would love you like a Zoroastrian loves, worships, prays to, and believes in Ahura Mazda. I would love you like a Confucian loves and adheres to their master Confucius teachings and demands. I would love you like a Baha'i loves, worships, prays to, believes in God, and adheres to Baha'u'llah. I would love you like a capitalist loves, worships, believes in having lots of money and regulating others' monies. I would love you like a Corporatist loves, worships, and believes in having factory personnel make the same product with the same ingredients and putting in different brand and, and non-brand company names and charging more for the name brands. I would love you like a consumerist loves, worships, and regulates consumers purchase, purchasing items due to inflation and competition. I would love you like a carnivore loves, worships, and believes in only eating meat. I would love you like a vegan and or a vegetarian loves, worships, and believes in only eating vegetables and or only certain animal byproducts. I would love you like an omnivore loves, worships, and believes in eating both meat and vegetables. I would love you like a glutton loves, worships, and believes in eating way too much food. I would love you like a debauchee loves, worships, and believes in dancing and drinking lots of alcohol. I would love you like a hedonist loves, worships, and believes in, believes that enduring everything pleasurable is their sole purpose in life. I would love you like an indulgent loves, worships, and believes in overindulging in everything they partake in. 
I would love you like a narcissistic, egotistical bastard loves, worships, and believes that he is the center of the universe. I would love you for who you are and for everything you aren't. Won't you love me for everything I am and and am not? Won't you love me the same ways as I mentioned above? I say in peace. Or in Paul. You know, I love that you have to have a lot of knowledge of what you're talking about in order to be able to write a piece like that, you know, to encompass everything that you've you've encompassed, and that's pretty impressive. Good job on that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, do me a Um, favor, my darling. Tell everyone how they can come find you. All right. Well, I was going to say, sorry I haven't been on. My my phone's been on and off. Uh, I just got my last second paycheck. Or my last paycheck, and it was a while, so um, hopefully my phone will be on for at least a month or two, and then hopefully I can find a job within that period. But anyways, I'm. you can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. Uh, I have a like page. It's poet Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. I have uh, YouTube, and I have nine videos on there. Apparently I'm very monotone, so no one's liked any of my – I think I have like two likes so far. And two subscribers, <laughs> but I'm brand new to it. So uh, it's Eric Nelson, Manly Showman as well, and uh, I'm working on three three books right now. I finished uh, my first volume of Worldwide Fuckery Poems, Poetic Rants, Volume One. I'm working on Volume Two. I'm working on Uncouth Love Poems, and I'm working on I don't know the title yet, but it's going to be Lovey Dovey Poems, but not explicit poems. I'm going to keep that with my uncouth. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm trying to get back on my feet too. So. Well, you will do awesome. I know you will. All right, my sweetie. It was great to hear from you, and uh, I can't wait to see what you bring next week. I'm glad you're going to be able to call in. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Um, thanks for the platform and everything. I'm, I'm actually not doing anything for Poetry Month. Maybe I need to figure out something to do so i just haven't had the time to do it i've been working i do manual labor for three hours so i'm pretty Your exhausted after that. When, get you when she wants you she'll come get you oh uh, yeah she will yes she will <laughs> all right eric <laughs> well, great thank, you job, so much. thank you all right bye-bye sweetie thank you bye have a good night bye you too all right our next caller comes from area code 256256 you're on the air hello nyla it's stan again Hey, Stan, how you doing, love? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing awesome. What do you have for us? Well, we did a little bit of brevity here. I'm going to bring back a, not some, it's not super long or anything, but it's, it's sort of one of those times when you're late night trying to get the words to come up the way you want them to and the more you try, because you're tired and you're you're trying to focus, but this mistake happens. And there's the frustration of being a writer, if you will. And this is called, Damn, Need Coffee, Awake, Sort of. <laughs> Eyes try to focus. The screen seems small. What the hell is that? Did I just write y'all? Time to try it and focus. Mine not so blurry. Y'all? 
Catch my muse of mischief woke up a bit early. Gather thoughts and feelings, my pen soul on display. But is it really me or just a tired cliché? Checking content and context, make sure y'all fits. Y'all fits? Damn brain, wake your ass up. I'm about to get pissed. I write to speak to others when y'all's in mischief are away. But am I speaking just to speak or rally have something to say? Rally? Really? Sorry, y'all. More coffee. Y'all? Ah, shit. And peace. <laughs> I love that. Y'all works for me. You can use y'all y'all you want. All you all y'all want. <laughs> Stan, that was that was so much fun to hear. Thank you. I am so glad. And once again to you, happy birthday, my dear man. Oh, and thank you so much, Nala, and thank you for this format for us poets. It's wonderful. You are very welcome, sir. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, birthday boy. Yes, you will. And on to the next. All right, sweetie. Bye-bye, hon. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Hey, Doug Curry here. How you doing? Hey, Doug. I'm wondering if you were going to be getting on tonight, my darling. Yeah, I've fallen into practice now, winding up here for the last hour. Uh, I think I may have told you we have some live things that we do here. Uh, in, in my community on Thursday, so I always uh, break away from there to get here. Having done that now, I'm torn between two things that I wanted to read, but I think uh, this is a poem from 2010, and I think I may have told you I started writing poetry in 2007. So some of the poetry has to do with the way I felt about poetry in general. And I knew that, you know, you really should write something that makes a difference to someone other than yourself. I mean, it should have some meaning or some application. Um, but in doing that, it didn't have to be, you know, heavy or it didn't have to be so esoteric and nobody understood it but you and two other people, you know. So here's a little something that makes sense for people, but it's kind of simply stated. It's called Sleeping Under a Tree. I was sleeping under a tree. The sun shone brightly to awaken and deliver me from unconsciousness. Bright blue skies reflecting the light of day, moonlit azure, a perfect backdrop to last night's starry path to heaven, a path untried. I was alive and impatient, not yet grateful, just now realizing a half-fallen tree on my roof, my bumper half-buried in its trunk, a half-finished Fifth of vodka on the floor, a New York State trooper at my door. Jaws of life called the rescue of fool found sleeping under a tree. Then poem. <laughs> that was phenomenal. So, so tell me what happened when that one hit you. What was going on? Well, you know, I I stopped drinking like in like 1990. But I could remember times when 
the last thing that I could, re- you know, I would wake up on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and the last thing I could remember was when I got on the expressway to come home. I couldn't remember getting off. I couldn't remember coming in my house. So it was a little too far gone, and that's why I wound up, I wound up quitting, you know. Um, and and I thought about people drinking and, you know, the the risk that they take and kind of how it affects everybody. You know, uh, you know, everybody's got to come out and save you or everybody's got to be sad because of what happens to you or even worse, you wind up doing damage to someone else. And, and it's really kind of foolish. You know, you're only kind of lucky to survive it. And so I wanted to write something that, you know, kind of warns about it, but that's never been me to tell people what to do. I can show you some of the consequences, but it's never been me to preach to anybody. So if there's a little bit of humor, a little bit of irony, and I'll take it upon my shoulders, and I don't write a whole lot of poems about myself, but I place myself as the first person in there so that I don't have to be talking about somebody else. I'll take it on myself, <laughs> but if you get the message. So that's where I was when I wrote this poem. I was three years new in to write poetry. You know, the, the power of writing in first person is the person reading it is hearing the word I which in their brain they're saying I as well. So uh-huh. it is putting them in the first person hearing it. It's just that's just human nature and the way the brain processes things. You know, so if you write a poem that says, you know, you are, then the person hearing it is not picturing them, they're picturing the reader. Yeah. 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 That's it's it's that's just the opposite of what you think it would be. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and if you write it as a second person, if you write it as you, then they can easily say, it's, "Well, it's not talking about me." Exactly. Um, it's kind Perfectly. Of yeah. Huh? See why? Now see why I come to you every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, I thought it was because I can make you blush. <laughs> well, that's true too. Now we don't want to tell it all to everybody. You know, everybody knows that <laughs> Wonderful. It's great to hear from you. 
I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you have this show available and glad to be able to share. Why don't you tell us what you brought tonight? First of all, tell us how National Poetry Month's treating you, and then tell us what you brought and why. National Poetry Month, I'm usually falling behind. As per usual, I'm on poem 10, so I'm too behind today. But I'm going to try to get those banged out before midnight my time. And I'm Central Standard Time. I'm right outside Chicago, so that's my time zone. And I'm, I, I think I can do it. Um, I started a piece earlier and stopped, <laughs> but I'm determined. I'm like the little engine that could, so um, I don't. I don't just plan on on doing it. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> well, the writing prompt we gave out at the beginning of the show tonight was "Bridges in Ruins." So write that title down. That can be a prompt for you: "Bridges in Bridges. Ruins." Bridges in Ruins. Oh. Absolutely. Not a good one? Yeah, there's so many things I can do with that. I that's <laughs> appreciate I appreciate that right. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um as a matter of fact, this is what I'll do for you. Um, I don't have a piece. Um I am a spoken word freestylist exclusively. So when I'm on the mic the piece that you get is going to be given to you and it's given to me. And I will pull the words out of the air as they're given. And I'm going to freestyle this piece. I'm going to call it A Bridge in Ruins. Every day for so long, I had to pass the same way, walking back and forth. Set on that same course, I enjoyed the path. I'd walk along, sometimes I'd skip, sometimes I'd walk rapidly, sometimes I'd kick a pebble, sometimes I'd laugh, sometimes it'd be sunny out, sometimes it would drizzle, sometimes I'd wear a jacket, sometimes not. I always went the same way. There was a bridge I had to cross on my way to the school that I attended for elementary. I was scary. It was impossible for me to cross the street without holding someone else's hand. I just didn't trust traffic the way I've always been. So from kindergarten through fifth grade, I walked to school with someone else every day. Across that bridge, going there, coming back the same way. There have been bridges in my life that I had to burn, blow up, no concern. They needed to be obliterated. I needed them to no longer exist. I wanted there to be no memory. I wanted people to say, was there ever a bridge there? Did it even exist? Yeah. I want you to question it. Don't ever give it any more thought. I want you to wonder how people got from one side to the other and would not. Maybe they swam. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they had a rope. I don't know. They used a boat. But as far as that bridge, it's gone. 
You dig? Had to be. Have a horrible memory. It was a day in my childhood that I could not erase. Changed me for that very day. There was a girl missing before missing children was a actual thing. She was on a milk carton or one of those one eight hundred number posters that you always see. Have you seen me? You call that number if you've seen the child, like what they look like. The day that they went missing and how they look today. Mm -mm. She was in my classroom and she went away. A few weeks later, she was in a dumpster behind a grocery store when I crossed that bridge on my way home from school. I knew for sure my life would never be the same. They took me to a doctor that was supposed to make everything okay. I would have these really bad dreams, and sometimes she'd come and visit me. And I'd wonder who does these types of things. All of her parts were separated. Arms, legs, and her head and things in a way that was obscene. I had seen friends who had siblings who took apart their dolls, and I thought that there was something wrong with their brothers, too. But when you see that happen to an actual person that you knew, you're not okay. So that bridge couldn't exist for me any longer. I had to take the long way around home. After that, it no longer existed, and it still doesn't. I'm 48 years old, and I live in the same town, and I haven't crossed that bridge. still actually exists in my town, just I blew it up in my mind. My name is Gina Storm, and that's my piece. That was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. The emotion and the depth and the way it just, you know, the way you performed it, everything that just pulled us right in, you know, it, it was... Palpable. It was a poem you could taste on your tongue. It was. It had so much emotion in it, you know. And to be able to just pull that off freestyle was awesome. Incredible, incredible job on that. I am so impressed. Thank you. <laughs> now she sounds so happy and cheerful. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's like a light switch, but yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I, I, I got it. past. Absolutely it. love it. But see, that's <laughs> important. Yeah. It's important no, when really. you perform to be able to. In, evoke the emotion that you want the reader to feel. It is oh, very yes, important. I mean, basically, you're an actress, and I'm you aware. are the voice and the emotion for yes. those words. Yes. But I, mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that people would understand it if they could feel it the way that I did. Um, um, that classmate that went missing. I was seven, mm-hmm. and she literally was dismembered. She was um, kidnapped and dismembered by a family friend and put in a dumpster and a story behind uh, the building down the street, down the block from our school, literally blocks from where she lived in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I was like, dear God, you know, this was um, in the late 70s. So my life changed that day. 
And it was one of those things, like before, like I said, there were, you know, have you seen me on meal cartons and posters that were sitting, sitting Amber Alerts. You know, none of that, none of those things had come into play. So, you know, nobody, that, that was unthinkable. I live in a suburb. I'm 45 minutes southwest of Chicago. These things don't happen, but it did, and I witnessed it. So I write poetry, and it cleanses me, and I thank you for the venue. Oh, it's an absolutely powerful thing. I am so glad that you came and you read that tonight. I'm hoping that you will come and share tons more with us every single week. I'm a freestyler. This is what I do. I'll bring something new next week. (laughs) Awesome. All right, honey, tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, on Facebook, Gina with an E, Storm. Come through and enjoy. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. That was Thank amazing. You. All right, babe. Bye-bye. Fantastic job on that. All right, area code 216, you're on the air. I'm on the air again? Okay. <clears throat> well, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Got me off guard. Okay, um, I'm gonna read. Uh, oh, I was typing something, trying to find out where the dance class, dance class for tomorrow. I'm gonna take my grandbaby to dance class. Okay, here. Let me see. I have a poem that I wrote for the thirty thirty challenge, and. The name of it is is called Better Together. Could you tell us, darling? Not no. Could you tell I was stalling? You caught that, huh? I was doing it again. <laughs> yes. Okay, here we go. Oh, you are. Okay. I mean, y'all have just took this, taken this to a new level. I have cried laughing so hard. This is crazy. And staying with that piece about uh, his mind and that other piece about his teeth and, you know, oh, God, it has just been crazy. So we're going to be better together. I'm going to read this and get some serious, some positive energy up in here. Where's your guidelines? No blind eyes. I spy something intolerable, making us numb towards the killing of the children. Let's look problems in the eye and stop calling groups names that bring shame. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want that label. Call the Native Americans Native Americans. They are not the people of India, as Chris's navigations were off. He was lost. I believe by now you know that. Truth baffles the fool. The bigot pretends to be baffled. Yes. Stolen away peoples and plundered their land. Nigeria and Niger are not 
Niger. They are Africans in Gambia, and Ugandians are Africans. And the whole continent was called by different names by different nations. You want to be better than? Need something to compare yourself to? It's not your wealth. The comparison to compare is to your higher self with your lower self. Find your higher you. We have a right to exist. If not, we would not. You should be ashamed, except for our God mind, in the eyes of our maker, we are all the same. Indeed. That was awesome, Mama. Thank you. You are very welcome. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Okay, they can find me the same place they found me for the last 10 years. <laughs> well, there may be a new person here that has never been here before, like we just had three new people tonight. I don't want no more friends. Vicky Aqua on Facebook. Love you, Mommy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm such a bad child. <laughs> All right. Vicky Aqua, Vicky with an I. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. Oh, we have 734 that has not raised her hand in 202. If either of you want to come on the air, go ahead and press your little one button now, and that will put you on. Otherwise, just glad you're here listening. We're going to go ahead and bring on 608. One sapien, are you with us, honey? Fuzzy Hermit in hey. the woods. Fuzzy Wuzzy. Yes, Fuzzy Herman in the woods. That's my grand entrance. Fuzzy Wuzzy. Welcome. How are you? I am doing awesome. It's good to hear from you. Happy National Poetry Month. Thank you. Same to you. We had a fantastic show. I'm glad you're here. I was watching for your number popping up on that board. Yep. Yep. I was putting it off a little bit. Because I was, I called in just just when uh, I don't know. I think I heard most of Soldier Blue, and uh, uh, that was pretty cool. What you were saying about was, were you talking about that painter? They used to have that show on PBS. Is that who we were talking about? Yes, Bob Ross. Is that is that who that was? The guy with the yes. Can I have an afro kind of hair? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Because that's what came I into my head. I don't know what it is about when him because it's like name. watching grass grow. You know, but I yeah. turn him on and I can't turn it off. It's like I'll just sit there and he just, he, he hypnotizes me. And the next thing I know, three weeks has gone by. I remember watching him years and years and years ago. And it was, because I, I was young enough, it was just pretty mind-blowing what he was able to do. But I, was, I called in in that and I was trying to, that was right around the time you were talking about writer's block, and I was trying to think of something, and I really wasn't trying to to use the phrase I like to use um, from a counselor I had when I um, was in rehab. Uh, don't push the river. So I wasn't trying to push anything, and I was just kind of playing around with some stuff and copied some words from last week's piece and didn't use any of them, but it's another repetitious kind of a thing. But... I have to say that I had to laugh again when I woke up this morning and I looked at the AccuWeather app, and it's this 
and it's just snow for Thursday. And so I click on it, and it's like 6 to 11 inches between Thursday and Monday. It's the 12th of April. I'm just That's laughing. awesome. I'm not, See, I love that. Not, I so do I, and I'm I, like I said last week with the friend I talked with in in San Diego that, you know, we're having a really late winter and the um, years ago the former uh, county highway commissioner had told me when he was going to move my we were talking about moving my driveway off the county highway that uh, he had seen as much as, I think he said it was something like a foot of snow the first week of May. I'm not going to be surprised if we get snow the last week of the month. Oh, I just have to wait and see. But I've been laughing about that because I don't want to cry about banging my head or not banging my head, but uh, no responses from... uh, trying to move forward with uh, getting this freaking VA home loan. The VA is, is, I read recently, is the second biggest department within the government, and I would have to say that it's probably the worst run and the most corrupt because of groupthink. Um, I won't go any farther than that. So... I I actually grabbed the line from an old piece um, that I wrote. uh, Actually, well, I wrote years ago, but I think I read it recently. And I also used part of it for the title. Entitled, uh, The Farther I Get From Those Times. It has been almost 27 years since I lost you. That brought bright-eyed, energetic soul who loved the outdoors, working out, biking, swimming, jogging, but never to excess, spending time with friends, talking, eating, listening to music. But that all ended. My life up ended. Oftentimes, feeling like it has been suspended living a life within a life as the days, months, years, and now decades pass, reeling, sometimes driftless, sometimes listless, because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel I am from you. And most days, I sit for hours in the chair I sleep in, the invisible chains of anxiety and depression keeping me prisoner, my mind sometimes wandering into the periphery. And when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel I am from you. My mind sometimes wandering into realms unknown. And when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness. Because the farther I get from those times, 
the farther I feel I am from you. My mind's sometimes wandering into dark places, and when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness, because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel I am from you. My mind sometimes wandering into scary places. And when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness. Because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel I am from you. My mind sometimes wandering into peaceful places. And when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness. Because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel I am from you. My mind sometimes wandering into places of love and light. And when it does, I sit, breathe, relax, doing my best to practice mindfulness because the farther I get from those times, the farther I feel from you. And then I realize the farther I get from those times, the closer I get to reuniting with you because I'm building a bridge within my mind, within my soul, and it is constructed just for you. The kaleidoscope of color, energy, and emotion, which fuels my soul and poem. That was phenomenal. What a great job on that piece, one sapien. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. makes you think. I mean, it really, really pulls you. Just fantastic job. I guess it came out all right. <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess it did. It, yes, it, 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 it sounds divine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it oh, came I, out phenomenal. You did very well. Kudos to you. I'll have to get that word in somewhere, too. What's that? Divine. Divine. I love that word, divine. Yeah. I have to say, with all the weird, or not all the weird, but all the stuff going on with Facebook recently, I spent a weird week, and I, again, don't have my computer on, otherwise I would have read this other piece, because... Um, the 8th was the 11th anniversary of me losing Yang in a terrible way to a, in my opinion, a a completely incompetent veterinarian. Um, But uh, my first friend on MySpace, their page disappeared. 
I'm, I noticed it like Friday night or Saturday, Saturday, and I was, they post like at least once, if not multiple times a day. And, uh, so I sent him a text message on, uh, Saturday afternoon or something like that. And all right, I am, and, uh, Fortunately, for me, it was, it was just it was shocking because it's like, it's a long freaking time. It's been like 10 years we've been friends online. And boom, just not there. It's like, wow. And I get it, uh, and I am today. I'm just taking a break. Thanks for asking. So, good to know they're okay. It is. And I posted something on my Facebook page yesterday. It looks like there's a uh, a law firm out east, D-H something or other, the first two letters of the first two names and the uh, law firm's website or the law firm's name that uh, have started, um, they've filed for uh, proceeding with a... Uh, class action lawsuit against Facebook. So if anybody's interested in getting in on it, um, if it gets approved, nobody's going to have to really much, pretty much do anything. It'll wipe Facebook out, more than likely. Um, But uh, I just thought I'd throw that out. You know, as much as there's things that are wrong with Facebook, I really hope that that doesn't happen because there's so much archived on here for me. You know, so much work that I've put into this, I would really hope that that doesn't happen. There, there's another, I mentioned Kim Commando frequently, recently I have been. There's also a post within the past week or so with directions uh, from her on how you can actually download everything you've done on Facebook in a zip file. So they have it, and you can get it. Um, hmm. It's not. That I'll look into that later. That does. I don't even want to think about that right now. That just is a big headache. Now my head hurts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. had a great show until now. One sapien. Now I got a headache. Well, <laughs> well, maybe maybe not. There's. I'm not in, into conspiracy theories. But there was. A, I can't even remember the name of it. But it was uh, some some project from the CIA that was called like Life Log or something. It was shut down the same day that Facebook started. Scary thought. Does Mark Zuckerberg actually work for the CIA? Is Facebook actually a uh, secretly funded CIA database? Thank you, aliens. <laughs> All right, when sleeping, go ahead and give your link again, my love. I like to joke around about that stuff um, because some of it's funny um, to me. I mean, some of the things that people come up with. And yet, I did not say anything about that yet. So if you um, – I don't give out my location. Um, so just type in poetry in the wind as one word, 
no spaces, put it in the search box in Facebook, and you'll find me there in the cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. Thank you. And is there is there any way I I think I may have asked once before. Is there any way that you can turn it to color, or was all that like black and white? Um, you mean like full color? Oh no, yeah. I was just wondering if there was no. possible to make a color version of it. Huh? I I don't even have the oh. files anymore. That was like three computers yeah. ago. Oh, okay. All right. Well. If you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Hell, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S., which was published back in January, February 2012. And it has some uh, cool art in it. And today... Annie's birthday. She's three. Oh, go tell her happy birthday for us. That is awesome. She's huge. Little little puppy is like, I think she's like eighty plus pounds. I have to shoot some new pictures that I can't because it's cloudy and the weather's kind of raunchy. You know, you, you, you post know. enough new pictures of the dogs and you, and you may just get a new profile picture, just saying, maybe even in full color. <laughs> so, you know, that that's all I can say about that. All right, okay. Winsapian, great job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you so much, hon. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. All right. Up. We'll talk to you next week, baby. All right, sounds good. Have a seat right. weekend, everyone. All right, hon. Bye-bye. All right. right. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. It's been fantastic, both old callers and new, everyone here listening. It's just really, really fun night. Make sure that you go out and look for inspiration everywhere. Happy National Poetry Month. We will see you next week. And uh, I just want to give another quick shout-out to One Sapien, who we just heard from, Star Severon, and Roy Murdoch. I want to thank you guys for sponsoring the show this year. And we will talk to you guys next week. I'm going to end the show with a track called Dewgrass by Savannah Brown. And here we go. We'll see you next week, guys. Good night. There was this night last summer that I hadn't mentally prepared myself for, but the echoes that reverberate with relentless longevity are not the ones formed before a shout began. I never learn. It might have been July. I guess it doesn't matter. I just remember it was hot. My room was the hottest in the house, and the sound of sizzling tidal waves rolling in is forever paired in my memory with the crack of a just-opened window the whistle of a just-shivered breeze. It reminded me of a breath from someone I hadn't met yet. Even the scent of it felt foreign, but also like I was born in it, hot enough for tied-up hair and to lay belly up in parking lots at 4 a.m. There were so many stars, characterized by reverie so grand. The world felt so big and small all at once. And then a sense of awareness, so precise I could, at that moment, count the blood cells in my chest and the droplets on my tongue and in between my shoulder blades. 
have you ever felt bare feet on dew grass or bare feet on slippery suspended log or bare feet on bicycle pedal on riverbank spider webs tomorrow we crept into the woods like I imagined goblins would Ohio is dark 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 at night as dark as deep space if you're sleepy and believe it enough and firefly constellations lit a serpentine stretch of muddy canyons that fit just right between your toes. Looking back on it now, I wish I wasn't too scared to improvise. I just couldn't force a verse that didn't weep, I guess. But I did keep up with them, those wistful mysteries. I think they might have actually been goblins, and sometimes I still feel like I'm walking on pebbles.